Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yes, it's the BT boy. How are you, mate? All right? Very well, mate. Thank you. Thanks very much for coming on. You patched us for a while, but yeah, we eventually got you. Nailed me down. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, you're the first to ask what to wear to the interview, and I must say you've nailed it, man. There we go. Thank Best you. I've seen you. Thank you. What was the thinking behind it? I watched Ian Black recently, and I thought, nah, I can't go dressed like that, so I just thought <laughs> I'd double check. <laughs> what was it with his gear? Oh, it's, these gears have always been poor. How's it black as the head? Aye. He's aye. got to be foam brogues in that. It's usually the painter's overalls in it. Used to come in with the overalls on. Just, <laughs> after, just after night shift. The less said about Ian Black, the better. Stuart McCall's going to batter me, man. Uh, <laughs> wait till uh, you see who's going to do to Blackie. <laughs> you, would you help Blackie if that did kick off? No, nah, no. Not against a wee fiery ginger, no. No, nah, he would nah. go for you. Blackie's uh, on his own. Jim McDermott. Jim this morning, aye. But yeah. then I get a body like that playing the position over. there. Nah, nah, nah. You still want the boxing, huh? Uh, I still, still got my training, still enjoy it. Um, never had a fight. There was talking you in a fight, weren't there? I, I don't know who was talking. I've never. Barrett uh, told me you were going to have a fight. I've never. Um, I've, I've never sort of applied myself enough to, to even think about it. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the training. I've had a wee bit of sparring. I've, I've been into the sort of amateur gym in at Glasgow uh, SK promotions at Portman Street and had, had my head punched in a couple of times off 16 year olds so but listen I enjoy it I keep going back so did you I, and Slaney know they're a bit of bare ass boxing it yeah I don't, I don't <laughs> Slaney we'll talk about Slaney He's later on come <laughs> uh, right I want to ask you as well how your boys getting on uh, and at mother was it Jevin 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 and how's Leighton. he getting on uh, both, has he got the beaty touch uh, he's, uh, he's touching rubbish <laughs> <laughs> no listen the, both, both my kids are in at mother at the minute um both really passionate, both absolutely love it. Um, all coming off their own back. It's, you know, I'm the kind of quietest parent at the side of the park. And I stand out of the way and, and let them do their thing. And, you know, for me at this age, you know, they've got good experience in there with, with Stevie Hamlin, David Clarkson overseeing oh, it all. And no, didn't say Clarkson. Clarkson's teaching them nothing. <laughs> listen, no, to be fair, <laughs> the, the boys are really, really good. So, listen, they're enjoying it, they're working hard. And, you know, the minute they stop enjoying it, we'll, we'll look for something else. So do you not get on at them at all, eh? No, not at all, no. What, so if, what have you, like, you said, then I see them working hard enough that we you know, pull them after after the uh, game? Uh, but it does work hard. Right. Um, but I also think that's the coach's job. That's why they're doing what they're doing and they're doing their badges. And, you know, they then need to be the ones that, that take the lead. And, and if Jim's not pulling his weight, then it's, it's, for me, it's up to the coaches to tell. Parents, listen to this man. There you go. Guy that's played at the top. Do you know what? See, see, now that we're talking about it, that's, that's a problem for me because I've watched the kids playing football for years and years, right? And see the amount of parents that are shouting at the wains on the on the sidelines, and, and it's it's to the detriment of the kids. You know, of at times is. I've had to go round and speak to goalkeepers whose dad was shouting at them because you know he's maybe lost twelve goals, right? Which sounds a lot, but he stopped the game being like you know twenty, twenty two, twenty three goals. He's actually probably the best player in the park. And the boys in tears, they can't save the ball for, for tears running down his eyes. And for me, it's frustrated parents because they never had a football career. Whereas I've been fortunate, I've had a career 
and I just want the boys to relax, go and enjoy themselves, and, and that's how I know you'll get the best out of them. Right. The reason I asked that as well, because you were tight with your mum and dad, I always remember when younger, do you know why? I remember I was about 16, man, in the tunnel underage, and you were in the tunnel with your mum and dad. <laughs> I said, I would probably still take them out if they wanted to. They, uh, they've always been the life and soul of the party, and you know, I think, I think the lads used to prefer hanging out with my dad at times rather than me. I think I tried to uh, fire into your mum and you've seen your dad's shovel hands grabbing right, my throat, listen, man, going to batter just, just as well, should I probably took you up in the offer. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Uh, as a kid, obviously, came through at Rangers. Um, what was that, just playing boys club in Middlesbrough and Rangers scout pick you up? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Playing, playing local at Middlesbrough. Uh, played there for years and years. Um, ended up going to Aberdeen Boys Club the year before I went into... Into Rangers. Um, it turned out the, the manager at Aberdeen Boys Club that are based in Blantyre was the scout for Rangers. Right. So I knew if I went there for a season and done what I had to do, then I knew where I was, I was oh, going so to end up. So that's your head about yeah, uh-huh. yeah, absolutely. Um, a guy's name was Gordon Leckie um, and ended up into, into Rangers as a, the Canadian schoolboy form. And you were a Rangers fan growing up? Rangers fan growing up, yeah. Um, Kind of worst kept why, do you, why do you say that with a smile? <laughs> why? I'm saying it with a smile because you said it with a straight face. <laughs> did that always play on you? See, when you were at Celtic, we'll come to Celtic in a minute, right. but did that always play on you when you went to Celtic that people, did you try and hide the fact you were a Rangers fan? Um, do you know what? I, I wouldn't have had the fact that I was a Rangers fan. Where I went to Celtic, I stopped being a Rangers fan. Um, right. And we'll probably get to that in a, in a couple of minutes. Um, go on. See, when you're at a club like the Rangers and you get released, is that when you stop supporting them? Do you know what, it was probably a wee bit bitter at the time because I had been there for two seasons. I was the top scorer on the team for two seasons and I felt like I'd got a raw deal because I was kind of pushed out of position, pushed to wide, wide right. Um, Hutton was then pushed to right back and, and this was to accommodate a lad that was travelling for the north of Scotland. So he was coming down on a Friday, he would stay down here, he would train with the coach on a Saturday morning, we would play on a Sunday. He ended up with the apprenticeship, I didn't. Um, and he was shit, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> so a wee bit bitter that, you know, I felt that... And, and fair play, there's a lot of commitment coming down for and I'm talking about the north of Scotland. Right. Um, but, listen, it is what it is. It, it, what actually transpired probably set, set me up to, to, you know, to become an international footballer, so... Do you remember that day when you got told you were getting I this? remember the day, yeah. Um, you know, we had Kilmarnock away with the youth team. I was told that I would be playing. Uh, we played down at the hospital where Kilmarnock used to play. Goes down there, I wasn't playing, I was on the bench. So straight away, my dad's like, ah, Listen, you get no chance, can I give up the ghost type thing? This is not happening here. So it goes back to Ibrox, get changed, jumped in the car. Dad says, what's happening? I says, nobody said that. And I says, out the car. So if you're back in the front door, and I'm thinking, oh no, what's going off here? So he boys in and says, right, want to speak to the coaches. So he goes in. Big Bomber was in the shower. He was in charge of the youth team at the time. John McGregor was in charge of the reserves. So more boys were down the corridor, knocks on the door. John McGregor answered. My dad knows John McGregor for kind of Lanarkshire schools and football back in the day. And right. he just said, right, what's going on here? Like, you know, it's time for leaving school. Is he getting a deal or is he no? So he went into the shower, spoke to Bomber. Bomber had said, nah, listen, it's, it's not going to happen. Um, and pretty much that, that was how I was released. Um, just he's not going to be good enough. Um, and, and, you know, the message was passed on through John McGregor. And that was me kind of told that I was released. So. See, if they'd done it in a better way, do you think you'd maybe not been as bitter as... Probably not, no. <laughs> Probably not. Wow. Um, but, you know, what, what happened after that was, you know, my uncle played down south at Northampton and Southend. Um, you know, he was pretty prominent back in the, back in the day. Um, and he had a few good contacts down there. So I got in touch with him literally on that journey home from Ibrox. Um, I managed to set up a trial down at Coventry. Um, Gordon Strachan was the first team manager no way, at the time. I Strachan was the first team manager <laughs> at the time, yeah. Um, so it goes down there, um, kind of six weeks. 
Um, stayed in the Sky Blue Lodge, done my pre-season. Kim Thompson was there at the time. Sorry, what lodge was that? Yeah, uh, it was just the Sky... <laughs> 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 I'm always joking. Is that how we're rolling out? Okay. <laughs> right. So, um, down there for, for six weeks, and uh, at the end of it, we played at a tournament in Kiel University, uh, kind of Stoke area. So we goes there, um, gets involved in the tournament, Celtic are down there, and uh, ends up playing Celtic in the semi-finals. Well, so, who would have been in the Celtic team? Anyone would have been It would probably have been the lads that kind of ended up being my youth team. So Wallace in there? Possibly Wallace. Um, or Lawson. Lawson. Stephen Lowe. Stephen Lowe, I think Stephen Lowe. This is the boys that came through with me in the end, yeah. but I'm assuming that they were the kind of next, next boys to come through. Um, Chris McCormack, lads like that. Um, Horse. So I, um, so I played against them at that point. You know, I was kind of... 16 year old and I had grew up a Rangers fan so that gave me that kind of added incentive going into that match and mm. to, be, to be honest I was like a man possessed um, I, I, I was I played out my skin against them and um, you know basically my whole my whole move to Celtic came off the, the back of that game I had down there So um, what was was it a coach that approached you straight after the game or was it know, when my, you got home? My, my uncle was down there my uncle Alan who took my, my cousin Scott and my cousin Mark down um, and they were playing on the pitch after the game and Chris McCart had heard the, the kids talking, heard the Scottish accent and said to them, who are you down watching? And they said, oh, my big cousin's playing for Coventry. Said, well, who is it? He said, the, the number seven. And Chris said, like, ah, right, OK. So he's way over, finds my uncle. Said, Listen, we want to sign him. Find, we know he's just been released for Rangers on that performance there, but we want to sign him. Um, so he made a quick call. He come back and he says, we want to come to Celtic Park Monday morning. Wow. Amazing. Um, was there any second thoughts, Pete? Obviously, did you say well, my, Rangers, my wee cousin came on the party, Mark came on the party, and he's like, ah, big man, big man, uh, Celtic want to sign. I said, fuck. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm signing for the. <laughs> what, about your, what about your dad in there? <laughs> Monday morning, I'm like, I'm Mark Murray. Always been a Celtic fan. Always come, always wanted to play for. Um, so that, that, was, that was basically how it transpired there. And what about your dad in that? Was he totally fine with it? We went in, um, went in, sat in the, the office, um, spoke to Martin, spoke to Willie McStay, Chris McCart. Uh, we spoke to the two first, sorry, and then, then Martin came in. And when Martin O'Neill came in, it was like... Phew, what, just, do you remember what he said to you? I remember exactly what he said to what, me. What was it? <laughs> he, just, he just had this aura, right? So obviously he knew I had just been released for Rangers. He had an assumption or, or some sort of knowledge of the kind of background. And, and he literally said to me, I, I don't care if you bang a drum in the middle of July, as long as you want, <laughs> as long as you want to play football for me. And I was just like, do you know what? I do, let's Amazing, get this done. Like, I, I can't wait, I want to play. Brilliant. And then obviously at the Youth Academy, great days, isn't it? Best days of your life. How, were, how I, good was Willie McStay and guys like that? Absolutely Tommy Burns, Tommy, Tommy and Willie were unbelievable. Um, you know, Willie I think, loved you, didn't he? You we were in the I, Youth well, Team very quickly. That's quick, what I was going to say. Um, there, there was a few lads there, as you know, that, that were kind of probably destined to get in the first team, the likes of Mickey Day and Wallace, Ferry. like David Marshall, myself, fortunate enough to be one of them, and um, Ferry, aye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, listen, we worked hard, we'd done well for him, we gave him a good name because of the, the results that we were getting, we were winning everything we entered, as, as you know. Um, so it worked for him, it worked for us, the, you know, the, the personalities that the lads had just worked with, with Willie and Tommy and everything, just... You know, it all blossomed together and, you know, I still talk to Willie to this day. So how, how young were you when you thought, I've got a right good chance of making it here? Um, first season. So, as soon as I went in, like, I had McGeady on one wing, I had Wallace on the other. You know, I had Paul Lawson, who, who was a quality player in the middle of the park, and every time I made a run, one of the two found me with the ball and I scored. Like, mm. it, was, it was almost impossible to stop, you know, what was going to happen. Um, 
and we went right through the, the kind of two years in the youth team and you know from that I've literally went from the youth team right into the first team. Uh, can you remember the first days getting called up to the first team? I can yeah, um, pre-season, um, got a phone call and I was to go out to Sweden so I had to meet up with the first team lads and go out to Sweden um, and that was, that was basically where it all started, it was a, it was a trip to Sweden basically go and hit the ground running, see how you get on and then from, from that they went out to America. So you wouldn't even let, uh, went up for a training session during the season before, it was just... No, it that was, was, your it was first straight time in, away. it was straight in. And was it nerves or were you full of um, self-belief? I had probably self-belief and, and confidence, because um, I, I had backed myself, I'd scored a lot of goals and I probably felt at that point that, you know, I had, I had a good opportunity of, of getting in here. Um, and I felt like the attributes that I had that could complement the lads that were already there, so all I had to do was work hard and, and keep my head down. Listen, you need, you need a bit of luck, you need a wee break or two. Um, and I, I probably got that kind of later on with, with Big City, because um, early on in, when I got into the first team, City had the issues down at um, Kilmarnock, you know, after the game where he would mouth off an interview, yeah. and he was talking about, was it Rangers Dunfermline and Dunfermline lying down him? So he got a big suspension for that, which, which gave me a wee opportunity to get in as well. So, I mean, that was probably that, that wee bit of luck as well. How did you find going for the youth team to training with the guys? Because the standard and how ruthless they were, for me, was... I couldn't believe it, eh? Like, hit you like a ton of bricks, were you the same? Aye, yeah, absolutely. Um, how quickly it, was it? Do you know what? It's a, it didn't bother me, um, but it's a make or break you. Like, yeah. there's, there's probably thousands of players that I played with that would go in there and absolutely crumble. Um, there, there's no question. Um, you know, and lads ask me about it now, and they'll, they'll say, oh, what's Lenny like? What's Tom like? What's City like? And I'll say, like, now? Brand new, like absolutely spot on. Never pass you. See them at events, charity does. Brilliant. Back then, absolute pricks. Like you could be on that training ground. You know, you train. We used to train for half an hour, three ten-minute games was all we done. You could be the best player in the park for twenty-nine minutes. You get a ball away once, and you get absolutely berated. Like you get literally pull strips off it. But for me, that was all part of to the character building. You know, yeah. you had to just stand up to that. So I've got. I've got Tomo shouting at me because I've got the ball away and I've got big Bobo kicking lumps out me. And it's just like... How hard is Bobo to play against in training? Nicest guy in the world, but just so awkward and clumsy. Um, we'd never like hurt, studs in training, Never hurt it? you intentionally, but just they'd be all over your toes and, you know, he'd be strong as an ox as well, obviously. Um, but good learning. Like, yeah. you're not going to come up against much bigger or stronger than that on a, on a weekend. So, if you're doing that every single day, then it stands you in good stead for the matches. See, now you're older, do you realise why they were doing that to you as a young boy? Um, no, do you know what? I do realise that and... And you probably asked the questions in terms of, were they trying to teach me something? But I don't agree with that. I think that's how they were taught. Mm. So your, your generations, like, you know, Big Hartson was in with the crazy gang at Wimbledon. He was probably terrorised for, a, for, a, for a spell down there. Yeah. So that's then probably what that, that group of players, that generation have then learned. Whereas us now, as, as kind of senior players, when we're involved, we'll be taking the kids away, we'll be talking to them, we'll be doing this, do that, have a look at this option, have a look at that. We get none of that. What's the best way to? The way they were or the way you are now? Because it doesn't use all right. I think how many use came through under what, the way they were with you. It depends on the, the individual that you're talking to. Because if you have a go at somebody now, at times it's classed as bullying. Like, yeah. you know, we've seen some high profile stuff recently and, um, you know, it gets classed as bullying if you're having a pop at somebody. You know, you tell them two or three times you're not good enough, all of a sudden he's picking on me. And, mm. you know, this is generational. There's, there's a, you know, there's... There's a claim that this generation are soft and, you know, at times I wouldn't disagree with it. Mm. Right, mate, I ask you, Larson was still at the club. How good was he? Unbelievable. Was he? Uh, Be the best player by a mile? Frightening, aye. Aye, the best player by a mile. Um, brilliant to work with. Um, would never, ever take you away and, and, and talk to you. Um, if you wanted to learn, you had to watch him and you had to learn. You had to watch what he'd done, you had to do what he'd done. Or try and do it. Um, 
but there would never be an arm around the shoulder. There would never be a like, come on, we'll show you this, and you come on, I'll teach you that. Nah, nothing. You, you literally, I'm the best at doing what I do. So you watch me, and you learn from it. And you were basically left to your own accord to, you know. To what about the young v old games in training? Because well, obviously, you obviously resented how they would speak to you. So I remember watching them and thinking, oh my god. Aye, they were they were feisty. Um, that was Friday. What was it? Three five minute games, two touch, one touch, all in. Um, Aye, they were they got naughty at times, and and of course we used to vote for the yellow bib. Um, oh, that was brutal. So, no one's ever spoke about it on here. Actually, tell that, tell that. So, like, that was Martin O'Neill, wasn't it? That was Martin O'Neill, Robo, Steve Walford, day. Um, basically, you, you vote for the losing team. Um, has to vote. Everybody has to vote for a player in the losing team uh, to to take the yellow bib on the so for, you're, a, for you're the, been worst the worst player. player in training for the week or just um, for that game? For the game, right? For the game. Uh, and, and the game could be such good quality, you could miss one chance and end up wearing this bib. You could score a goal, the game would maybe be 2-1 and you would, you would end up getting getting the yellow bib. But it became quite naughty at times. And when we won, because at, times, at times the young lads were so up for it, like there was, we, would, we, would beat them, I, we would beat them quite regular. Um, mm. So we were up, they're that up for it that at times we would win and they hated us voting for the, you know what I mean? It was like... Did any of the main men oh, ever get picked? Oh, aye, aye, of course they did, aye. You know, eventually the, the boys... Once we grew a set and it was like, yeah, we'll, we'll get on him. Like, why we, why we not vote for him type thing? He's just one of us. Um, so like, they would they would have a proper bite. They didn't like it. Did anyone have a proper go back? Um, I remember Tomo biting one day. Uh, Tomo wasn't happy getting it one day. Um, he thought the boys had stitched them up, but. And what would you go in every one of you was carrying you? I, I just had a go, but that's what it is. Probably not off a duck's back. I love it. <laughs> uh, right, first team debut, Townis. You remember getting the shirt? I love hearing about the debut. Did you know before you were going to play it? No. Um, come on as a sub. Right. Um, you remember the warm-up and everything? Not really, no. 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 Um, and I probably still don't remember all that much about it. Um, I think I come on for Maloney. I think I come on for Sean. See, when you, the number went up and you got is it, was the nerves gone? Or nah, do you know, no I can idea. never remember being a kind of nervous guy. Um, even when I had my, my first start. Um, that we'll no doubt discuss. Um, I wasn't nervous. Like, I don't know whether I was an arrogant little prick or just <laughs> just confident in, in my ability. But I wasn't a nervous guy. Maybe it was a confidence with the guys that I had round about me that no matter what they would get me through it, or I was able to go and fit in. But I was never ever nervous. Like, I never used to get nervous. Well, any words of wisdom for Martin O'Neill before you went on, or no? Never <laughs> any. Very rarely any words for Martin O'Neill. <laughs> but you played quite a lot your first year <clears throat> under Martin O'Neill. Was there any indication they ever pull you and tell you that he liked you as a player, or was it again you just because he picked you, you thought he liked you? Um, yeah, Martin. Martin was old school as well. He was. He wasn't interested in, you know, pampering the players and like pussyfooting around and bumming you up and all this sort of boosting ego and all that. He was just like old school, like man up. If you're playing well, you're playing well, and you'll play. Told if you're shite, you'll be on the bench or you'll be in the stand, and that's that's the bottom line. And. You know, that was Martin's style and, and I absolutely loved it. Did you, huh? Loved it. Mar Martin used to walk by you two or three weeks at a time and I'm talking about every day for three weeks and no talk to you. <laughs> you, would, you would pass in the corridor and he would have a wee glance out the top of the glasses and he would see that you were coming. And he would put his head down and walk straight past you and ignore you. But would you go to give it an alright gaffer? I just said, morning gaffer, and keep walking. He would just ignore you, right? But see when he stopped and spoke to you, you took in every single word that he said. So he wouldn't talk for talking sake, he's not interested in small talk. But he knew everything. He saw just Helen Alec coming to the game on the weekend. When you've done this, you've done that. Like, Brilliant. Keep up the good work. And then away, head down. No more than 30 seconds. But you, you absorbed everything that he actually said to you because he didn't spend a lot of time talking but to you. But it wasn't just like with you. It was all the big players. I, he was like I, that as well, wasn't it? That was how he was. He, he was not interested, boys, in, uh -huh. not interested in small talk. Did you like the fact that he, he didn't come to town every day? 
Um, probably not because I right. oh, listen. Do you know what the team picked itself? See if the see if everybody was fit. The team picked itself. Yeah. So um, probably slight frustration in terms of you're in there and you're training really really well and you're thinking, oh, if the gaffer was here, I'd, you know, I'd maybe get the nod. But realistically. Hearts and Sutton and Larson. They scored 437 goals between them at Celtic. Like, wow. I wasn't getting an odd unless they were injured. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, first experience against Rangers, came on as a sub and then had to go off a cloth. Talk us through that. <sighs> Mate, honestly, uh, I can still feel it now. Uh, we had a corner. I was up the park, so we were defending a corner. Um, it was in front of the old jungle. The ball gets headed clear. And I think it was, dang, it was Craig Moore. I've done Craig Moore. I've turned him in the halfway line and I've thought, I'm in here. So I've turned to get the ball, and bear in mind that I'm on the touchline, maybe within a five-yard radius of the corner of the halfway line. Right. I thought, I'm on and goal here. If I knock this at an angle, there's nobody catching me. I'm on and goal. Turned round, whack. Right into the jungle I went. It was like a steam train hitting me. So I don't know where his starting position was, right. but obviously he's thought that he was close enough that he could get the ball on the halfway line. I'm not anticipating him being there, anticipating him being there. So I've turned round, no chance to brace for impact, and I think about six or seven weeks I was out of my ribs. Wow. Like, honestly, they weren't broke, but they were so badly bruised. Like, I couldn't drive or nothing. I couldn't put my hand up to indicate or, like, turning the steering wheel. He'd done, he'd done my ribs proper. Like. Right, mate, ultimate experience was to come a few days later, starting against Barcelona. How, how, because he never done shape, did he? Never done shape. So, when do you know you're playing against Barcelona? An hour and five minutes before the game. Just comes in, reads the team? Hour and five minutes. Um, that, that was my first start at Celtic Park. So, I'd obviously had the sub appearances. Yeah. My first start was Barcelona. So I was sitting in the changing room and Martin used to come in. He used to, tiniest little bit of paper. At that time it was 16 names. He used to read 16 surnames. And if you're on the first 11, you're starting. So he goes through it, you know, Baldy, McNamara, Douglas, read it through, Beatty, Sutton, Larson. And the full changing room was just turning and went. The whole place has just looked at me. And I'm just like, tie off, let's go. Shut and tight, like, genuinely. Not the slightest game bit nervous, aye, it. game time, like, right, I'm starting tonight, I'm getting on five minutes, right, I need to be ready, such and such. Shut and tie off, warm up, kit on, and, and away through my kind of routine. And not the slightest bit of nerves, I didn't have a heads up, nothing. Nobody knew that I was playing. Um, did you have any inclination that I might at all. play? Not at all. And did you ever find out why you started doing that again? No. No, I don't know. Um, Nothing from Wally Probably because Ronaldinho was playing on the left for them. He wanted to, to kind of balance it off a little bit. <laughs> Two ballers. <laughs> um, nothing, for, uh, nothing at all, honestly. Nothing but at all. any instruction or what were you told? I just I was playing on the right-hand side. Um, I think we played a three that night, for, which was very unusual for Front us. Three. Aye. Right. Um, so we played a three that night. It was unusual. So I was up against Gabri, who was left back. And he'd just been voted Spain's best defender of the decade. And Ronaldinho was, was in front of him. So kind of world player of the year at the time. Um, no, absolutely brilliant, but... Did you get any banter around Ronaldinho there? No, no. He, he did try to... He, do you know what? That was a point he was on Soccer AM every morning. Right. Uh, every Saturday morning, you know, it was like Soccer AM skill school, but it was literally just the Ronaldinho show. So he's got the ball and he's rolling it about and he's looked that way and he's, he's tried... And it's ricocheting off my ankles and I'm like, please don't go through, please don't go through. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so tremendous. it didn't go through and managed to avoid being a, being a plumber on did Soccer Did Ryan play that night? Uh, Reisiger played. Mate, I always remember be working Stephen, at that game. Stephen Pearson tore him a new one. And but seeing the tunnel, they were. They all seemed so big now. They fucking weren't at half time. Oh, right. Talk <laughs> us through that. So were you in amongst the beach? Nah, I was. I was at the back. To be fair. I, Why? Were you not? I, I, I must have be... been. I must have been furthest away, coming off like. You know what it's like the wee thin tunnel. Bodies everywhere. Could you tell just before they were <clears> going in that it was going to kick off? 
No, but I watched Jackie McNamara talking about it, and I tried to. I was trying to kind of recall. Place yourself. Ah, yeah, and and I don't really recall what had happened, and um, I think it's just Motta was piping up as as he went up the tunnel. Big Bobo started it, Big Nabs finished it, as you would fully expect. No one, no one, a big fella, he doesn't mess about. Was that so. team? They, they were always fighting, too, weren't they? Aye, aye, they were they were feisty, like. No, there were, there were, it was a wee bit of needle. They were proper nasty, leaving it in, cut of bad tackles. And it was, you know, Jackie was saying, Bobo took a bad one just before half time. Yeah. And when he let it go, and, you know, he's waited to get up the tunnel and, and just went for it. So, see, when you get into the dressing room and they come in and say, Rab, you're off, do you straight away think, I'm going to get subbed here? I looked at Stephen Pearson and I went, You're tearing rising in a new one, I'm getting off here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and now looking back, um, <clears throat> you know, at that point, I'm thinking, right, Made my first start against Barcelona. You know, we went on to win the game. We weren't getting beat at the time. I didn't, you know, I, I certainly didn't Never embarrass myself. No, but, we're, you know, we've, we've got away with it. We've, we've done well. Um, and the, the kind of bit of sweet bit about is my best mate, David Marshall, has then come on to, you know, Marshallona. He was brilliant, so, wasn't he? Absolutely ridiculous, mate. Ridiculous. See, see Marsh, did you think he would go and be world class? Is that too much um, to say? Because when we were younger, he was always <clears> talked about as being. I think, he, I think he has top, top draw. Like, right. and. and you talk about, I mean, world class, where are you placing world class? So, like your Allisons and your. Playing in the top half of the Premiership? Aye. Um, well, he could have been, and, and I, th- I probably had opportunities to. Right. Um, if Vincent Tan wasn't as much of a crackpot. <laughs> uh, but that's maybe one for, for David's interview. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get him on, he's patching his as well. He's like, yeah, he's just stays up and on, we'll get him sorted. <laughs> we'll get him in. Um, so, but what was it like, see, when sitting there? For the first half, and you know you've played your part, and to hear that final whistle go and say I could beat Barcelona, <clears throat> what, what's that feeling like? It was, listen, it was good, but it sounds like an old cliche. But the next focus is there's another game coming up. You know, there's a midweek game. There'd been a game on a Sunday, and I, don't, I can't remember who we were playing. But you know, you don't really get an opportunity to dwell on this. Plus, at the back of your mind, you probably still need to go to the new camp, and you're probably hoping that you don't get turned over big style at the new camp. Which obviously we drew that that game nil nil, and, and we ended up we put them out. So. Um, you know, the, over over the both legs, we had the defence for our lives, and Big Marsh was incredible. Uh-huh. But see that, see it. that team though, were they big on like see they got big results with the B celebrations in the in the dressing room after a game, or was it very calm? No, it was it was always very calm. Um, they were they were always it was a very mature kind of senior group of players. They were they weren't interested in kind of drinking and celebrating after the game and stuff like that and they were very focused and, and knew the job and knew what it, what it took to play at a club like that so it was always about the next game Is he going out in Glasgow not when you're playing in the Celtic first team <clears throat> was it Mass at the time how, how good were they days? Um, I was trash Trash um, was it? Huh? It was alright <laughs> <laughs> would, would they be a team that would all go together? <clears throat> nah not no the senior yeah. boys um, Oh you they were, boys? Uh, they, were, they were too high profile you know if we if we had a, a Tuesday game or we had a Wednesday off then it was it was tip one. It? it was Tuesday in trash. Gosh, um, yeah, got to know the bouncers and all that, and used to used to stand on the door with the bouncers for ten minutes, deciding who was getting in and who wasn't. They? <laughs> like, the guy's name was Tom. But like, Tom, the three handsome boys at the back in the queue, they're not getting in, mate. <laughs> <laughs> they four girls, not yeah, a problem. Man. When you go, <laughs> uh, Craig Bellamy came in. Brilliant. What a man! He used to come at the youth team games, not he? Eh? An man. absolute anorak. Loves his football. Uh-huh. Absolutely loves his football. So passionate about it. Um, Passion sometimes becomes aggression, but I mean, you go down to the leagues in England and he knows he knows all the players, all the teams right through League One, League Two as well. So he's a proper, proper football man with some of the highest standards that I've ever seen. And do you know what? See, if you don't live up to your standards, he tells you. And I've I've not got a problem. Did with he that. tell you? 
Um, I would do my best to live up to them, and, and if it wasn't, and if I couldn't, it wasn't for the want of trying. Yeah. So I dare say he's, you know, we've, we've, he's had a go at me at training or whatever, but you know, generally speaking, you know, absolute top. And Roy Keane's in exactly the same bracket. Wow, Keane, he was scary, wasn't he? He was scary in terms of, you know, you having a having a wee toro, having a wee possession box, and he used to fire the ball about as hard as he could, and if you couldn't handle it, he used to look at you like he wanted you to drop deep. Like, I, I get off the training ground, like. <laughs> But I, I enjoyed that. I, I enjoyed that pressure. I thought, right, if that's how he's going to pass the ball on it, he learned to, to deal with it. And that's just how it is. You, you operate and you work with guys like that. That's the level that you need to aspire to go to. And yeah. at times, generally, you're not going to reach it. But if you do your best to get there, then, then they respect that. Uh, how good was he? Bellamy or Keane? No, Bellamy. Bellamy was frightening. Bellamy, Bellamy, Bellamy was ridiculous. So quick, off the shoulder. Um, don't know if he was the quickest at the club then, mind you, but... You quick yeah. Did you do a race? <laughs> we didn't have a race, but I'd give him a run for his money. Back in the day, oh, aye. Back in the day, I'd give him a run for his did money. Did you never do the sprint test or um, to see who was? Nah, because he came in on loan, didn't he? Oh, right, yeah. He came in on loan after he terrorised Super Alan Shearer, didn't he? So he did, uh, <laughs> Did something tell no text Shearer for his four or something? Um, I recall something for about uh, the K-Club. Was it? Was it, was it the K-Club? Uh, I think I've heard that story. Uh, I, I think Bells was, was abusing one of the directors and they had uh, they had sent a bit of banter or something like that. I, um, I think he was texting Shearer saying his legs were gone and all that, wasn't he? And so, listen, do you know what? Bellas didn't care, but a proper good guy. Senior boys, you became pal of you said John Hartson. You got another John Hartson story where he was, he was good to you? Um, I said, John's... Where did we go with Big John, man? Um, got really, really close to him when we were at Celtic. Um, and then John transferred to West Brom. Um, so after that, my next club was West Brom. So I'm, me and my, my wife at the time, Claire, we've gone down. So we'll say, right, we'll phone Big John and we'll find out. Because well, I was in a hotel at that point yeah. and uh, cut down for pre-season in a hotel. So he goes down, phones a big man, says, right, joined you, a new team, mate, right, where am I going to stay? And the big man says, there's, there's a house for sale beside me. And I'm like, you're joking. <laughs> so, How much? <laughs> by the way, right next to a social club called the King George. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a, it was a wee private estate, gated estate, there's four houses. So there was the architect, there was his builder, the brother. It was Big John, and I ended up bought the other house. Uh -huh. So it was four years. Just I was in the wee social club oh, and all that sort of stuff. Um, you, know, you could drink John, John Cooney. Aye, aye. You could have a beer. Like to beer a big man, aye. So what would you go for a beer on a Sunday? After I, I a occasionally, we, like, you know, the, the families were there as well. We both had young families and all that as well. So it was, it was nothing daft. It was, it was nothing crazy. Oh, a wee, a wee pint when, when the time allowed for it. I always maybe um, had the Big Johnny tattoo on his stomach. Big Johnny. It was that size when they got it though. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> right, listen, and then, so after, after um, West Brom, he, John retired, didn't he? So John retired and he moved back home. So my next club was Swansea. So I phoned him and I said, big man. He says, there's two estates that live in Swansea. There's one over that side of the city and there's one over here. And I'm like, all right, okay. So a couple of days later, I'm like, big man, I'm renting a house in the same estate. He's, so I was about five houses up the street from him. Well, yeah, so I've yeah. literally followed him about the whole time. Best John Hartson thing I've ever met. I was in the gym as a young boy and I think I was pure working really hard. Then something anyway on an afternoon. I remember he came up to me, what are you doing? And I was like, ah. I thought he was going to say, like, work harder or you should be doing. I think he was kicking the ball from us. And he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm just doing a bit. And he went, never do it any more than what you're paid to do. Go and get yourself the road, young, young man. <laughs> you remember the red Puma t shirt I used to have? Nah. Oh, mate, he was sponsored by Puma uh -huh. and he used to have this red cotton t shirt. So the lads would do four fours on the treadmill, probably 16 and a half kilometres an hour, four minutes on, two minutes off. Big John used to do his eight kilometres, right? <laughs> Eight's a fast walk, right? And he used to come out of the gym with this red, and it was saturated, like, <laughs> literally a four-minute walk, and the big man was absolutely gone. Big man was not interested in fitness, was he? No, nah, no, nah, but I tell you what, 
put, oh put the ball up God. to him, he holds it up, put it in a box, he, he sticks it in the net. And, you know, obviously at that point then we went down to Swansea and he was really unwell. Yeah. And, um, you know, with that kind of relationship with his family and stuff and his wife Sarah and, you know, kind of looking after the kids, kids all playing together and stuff like that. And I remember Sarah phoning me one day when, you know, he obviously had the, he had the cancer. And similar to Glasgow, we've got the two hospitals. So she says, we need to move him from one hospital, Singleton, to Morriston. And she says, and we've got a police escort for it. And I said, oh, what's going on, Sarah? And she said, well, the pressure on, on his brain. She says, if we hit a pothole or stop at traffic lights, she says, literally, he's a goner. Wow. So the doctors have told us, if the cancer gets him on the way there, then there's nothing we can do. But if we don't get him from A to B without having to break the ambulance, then right. he's gone with the pressure oh, yeah. on his brain. I, he, was, he, he was honestly that close to dying. And, you know, it's, it's something I'll probably always ever rem I'll always remember because I was down there at that point with him and, you know, just being kind of around there and around his family and all that sort of stuff. And, um, you know, my dad was, was on well recently as well. And, you know, I, I took my dad to one of John's get his, his, um, his cancer charity now, the Hartson yeah. Foundation. And, you know, the, the motto is grab life by the balls into it. And, you know, I, I took my dad along to the, to the last event. So you did grab your dad's balls? <laughs> 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 Ball. <laughs> so he took, uh, I took my dad along to the last event and I, I swear down, I went over to the table and uh, somebody had moved. So I sat down, sat down next to John. Brendan's there, his wife Charlotte. I said, how you doing, big man? Hi, who are you in with? I said, he said, come meet my plus one tonight and all that. And he's like, oh, really? You got a bird with And I said, no. I said, I've got my dad with me. He up out the seat and he ran to my table. Like, I went over to speak to him and he literally he's left me. So he ran across the room to go and see my dad. So he sat down. Went and had a chat with my dad and stuff. I, like, just I've got a oh, lot of respect oh, for the big fella. Brilliant, right, mate? Excellent. Back to the football. Uh, you were put on late for helicopter Sunday. <clears throat> Can you remember seeing the goals going and what you were thinking? Um, yeah, it was a wee bit surreal. Um, See, when you go on with fifty minutes ago, sorry, do you think I've won? We've won the league again. Um, no, no, because nah, of the pressure. Was aye, a bit of pressure? Aye, it was one of them. It's kind of not over till it's over type thing. Um, and a couple of kind of my overriding memories from that day is that Bellas had a chance to put me on goal. I remember peeling off the shoulder, kind of halfway line, keep myself onside, and he's made an ass of the pass. It's got cut out, um, and that's that's one of one of my one of my only two memories from that actual day. Um, and I'm thinking if if the if the wee man had you know missed the defender out, I don't know if it was Corrigan or Craigan that had intercepted it, but if he had missed Craigan, the defender out, then I'd have been through and goal then you've got a chance to, well, either be the hero or the villain. It, right, you know, it would have yeah. won as the league. Yeah. Or, you know, obviously it's transpired that we had lost the league and, and the blame would have been on me. Um, and I remember thinking, oh man, like if he'd stuck me through there, that, that could have been it. I could have won as a league. Where were you standing on the pitch when we Scotty scored? You remember? Can't remember. No, can't remember. You remember the feeling there? Um, I've just, oh, here we go, man, what's, what's happening here? This this wasn't in the script type thing. Do you um, all just look at each other or is it just head down? Um... Blur. It's, it's, it's honestly just a blur. Um, you know, the, the, probably the, the next recollection that I've got from it is, is Martin O'Neill in the changing room. And he, he sat, he went into a kind of crouch position in the changing room at Motherwell. And he sat, and I, I, I couldn't do it for 20 seconds. Martin done it for probably 25 minutes and never said a word. And none, none of the lads said a word. We were all just sat around the changing room. And he literally just sat down on his uncles, kind of just in a kind of half squat position, and he just sat. And he just, he never said a word. It was just silent for about 25 minutes. And then even when he spoke, I can't remember what he said. I just remember him sitting there. Would that have been the lowest point of <clears throat> The um, lowest you've seen addressing him? Oh, aye, aye, definitely. 100%. Um, and then we went out. We went out after it. And this is the, the, the last memory that I've got. We went out, we've had a few beers. 
Um, can't really remember much after it. Um, I guess home and the wife said to me, what happened last night? I think we were at Arta, down the, the West End, uh, the Merchant City. Right. What happened last night? Said, what are you talking about? She said, somebody come over to talk to you. She's wee guy, big teeth, dark hair, a funny accent. He says, and you turn around and says, you get two seconds to get out of my face before I punch your head in. And she was like, it's really unlike you. She's like, what happened? And I went, fuck, it was Scott McDonald. <laughs> 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 and I played a lot of football with us recently, like the six or six of that. I never actually mentioned it to him, but that's what she said to me the next day. I think Oz has come oh, over. So she was away and she, she was with us. Because we had obviously we had a party planned, but we got to win the league, uh -huh. so we had a party planned. And I think we we kind of still, you know, went to then drown our sorrows and um, like kind of couples and whatever were out. And um, I she said to me the next day, <laughs> she's like, oh, but we might have got it later. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember saying it. And he's no shy, he's Scott. I know, no. The big glaring white teeth in my face. It just, oh, wow. just cost me a league winning bonus and a medal. Unreal. Off at me, man. Uh, well, you got it in Martin on your left? I was, I, because I. Remember he, where you were when you heard her? Um, well, we, we, we kind of got a wee whisper that, that Geraldine wasn't well, so yeah. we knew it was on the cards, really. Um, but when it was confirmed, it's, it's never nice, do you know what I mean? And I know Martin and my agent had, had done some stuff back in the day as well. and um, So when I had spoke to Mel and he'd said that he's, he was moving back down and whatever, he had to look after his wife. and. You know, the lads were gutted because he was very, very good. Did you also think with Martin O'Neill leaving that a lot of the older players would also leave? So it may maybe be a more a chance for you, a new manager coming in? Um, if I'd had my choice, both at the time and in hindsight, no, I would have, I would have rather that he stayed. Okay, Martin O'Neill. I'd have rather that he stayed because um, Martin probably felt I was one of his players because he sort of, you know, nurtured me through from the, from the youth team all the way through to the first team. So I was one of his players. So yeah. I would rather that, that he'd stayed. Right. What were your thoughts when you first heard that Gordon Stanton was getting the job? Um, listen, it's like, it's like anything else. You'd, you know, managers change all the time. I had not, hadn't worked with him before. You know, I'd seen him walking about the, the sky blue changing him at, <laughs> uh, at Coventry. And, uh, but I'd never worked with him, so it's a case of, listen, we'll, we'll see what it brings when, when Gordon comes in. What about first impressions when he did come in? Um, do you know what? Really passionate. Um, Talks all the time, <laughs> polar opposite to, to Martin, so complete opposite end of the scale from, from what I've used to. The one minute you've got a manager who's not going to talk to you for three weeks, and the next minute you get somebody who just doesn't stop talking. Doesn't yeah, shut do you up. a few of the players found that tough? I probably, I yeah. um, they probably did, and if I'm honest, I maybe did a bit myself. Um, you know, and, I, and I've spoke to players, you know, where I look to, to get into management myself further down the line, and you know, ex-players that have said that they want a good coach with them because they feel that when the players hear their voice too much, they switched off to it, they, they kind of get bored to yeah. it. And, you know, given I had two managers consecutively but polar opposite, I can relate to that. Yeah. Was there ever a conversation with Gordon Strack in early doors, like, I like you, you need to do this better, or was it, again, just...? Probably, it's probably not Gordon's style. No. Probably just a case of get in, you're part of the squad, go and do what you do. Uh -huh. If you... If you do well, I'll pick you. If you don't, I won't. What did you think when you seen that he wasn't playing some of the older boys and then obviously Sutty goes as well? Yeah. Um, well, Sutty initially had... He went back and played kind of midfield and centre-half because I ended up playing playing up top. I ended up playing through the middle. So it was, it was me and John for a spell and then they had... Uh, so Sutty had, had to move back out of position. Um, but then like Satomo and all that started to go. Petrov went after a, a bit of time and, you know, listen, well, we're in transition. Gordon was starting to, to transition what, what the club was and the, and the players and the style and looking for a kind of younger generation and probably more dynamic team. Did you think you could be the main man when you seen all them going? Aye, absolutely aye. Did you? Right? So did, you, did you think this is, I need to be the, the main striker aye, for Celtic? 100% aye, yeah. <laughs> and did you feel like you got that opportunity under? Uh, no. Um, 
I don't know. Um, and I probably just alluded to it in, in terms of that I would have been one of Martin's players. Yeah. When a manager came in and he spends three and a half million pounds on a Dutch international, good, bad or indifferent, and Big Jan was, was good, mm. but he's always going to be, he's always going to get the nod. And, and you know what, Magic Zaraski was, was a quality finisher as well. He was a captain of Poland. Yeah. Good players, but I'd have backed myself against them every day of the week. Um, and, you know, unfortunately for me, I, I never kind of got the game time that, um, that, that they had got and you know there's, there, was, there was an injury in there as well which, which certainly didn't help I was going to say because you started really well uh, seven goals by October but <clears throat> did your habit at Tannadice go on what's the story behind that? Honestly um, top scorer in the country at the time absolutely flying in the national team full of confidence gets to Tannadice and in my head now looking back I, how can you drop the top, the top scorer in the country obviously I'm the top scorer, I'm the top scorer in your team so you can't be dropping me, I'm on fire here. Um, I had a stinker the previous Saturday, but I had scored at home in Muddle in the midweek game, we won 5-0. So I thought if, if he was going to get an opportunity to get me out of the team, it would have been after the, I think it was Kilmarnock on the Saturday. You'd have been dropped for the Motherwell. But I'd gone back in yeah. and I'd scored, so I'm, that's me, I'm kind of back on the horse type thing. Absolutely flying. Gets to Tannadice, you park up my street, don't you, and then you walk down the stairs. So I'm last, last off the bus. Probably try to give it the old Pogba one, walking them with the headphones on and that with the 50 cent, 50 cent on Just make sure the camera gets on me, <laughs> innit? Right, so, we um, walks in, and the gaffer's standing at the top of the, the stairs, and I uh, get the headphones in. So he flicks the, head, the, the earpiece out my, he says to me, you're not playing today, I'm putting Hartson back in, and walks down the stair. I'm stood at the top of the stair. Wow. What? Fuming? I, I, absolutely fuming, fuming, head loss. Um, and I always say, you know, we saying that I've got, and I always say to the kids, and end up like experience is something you get just after you need it, right? And that 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 day alone was was a big factor on how my then Celtic career had panned out, um, because rather than going right, okay, he's made the decision, I can't affect anything now, I need to watch how the rest of the game goes. Maybe if John does well, he plays next week, but I need to wait an opportunity. Yeah, head totally gone. So we were out warming up. I remember walking out to the warm-up. I remember tossing the warm-up off, sitting in the dugout, right, going to get warmed up. So I went out, the usual kind of sub-stretch where I'm, I'm going to do my, my, my thigh, and I sat like that. I shouted me in, so I walked back in. Literally hadn't warmed up. I was in a proper huff, an absolute prick, right? Proper uh, huff I was in. And um, me, I'm saying that. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I was you a prick, were a prick, right? Uh, no, the manager, right? Oh, me. I know you're a prick. Uh. And, uh, <laughs> right, tossed off the warm-up completely. Goes on, ball over the top. I've run away for Gary Kenneth, got, gets to the ball and he pushed me in the back. And see, as he's pushed me, I've just extended my muscles and my hamstrings just went bang. Like, completely, completely gone. Is that the up, first time the hammy went? First time the hammy gone. Three months I was out for. And I couldn't sit down on the way home for Tannadice. I had to stand the whole way because I couldn't put any pressure on the back of my leg on the seat. So I was in agony standing up, but I couldn't sit down. And it was purely just inexperience. And, Maybe a wee bit overconfident, just assuming that I would be playing, expecting to be playing. Um, I wish I had the mentality and, and the experience that I've got now, because yeah. I, I would have went through it properly. I'd have done, but I went through the motions, tossed off the warm up, and ended up with a three month hamstring. Did you go and say to him like, after it, like, why was I not playing? Uh, no, because, just because I tell you what, <coughs> Big John was shite that game, <laughs> right? But he scored. Right, so you can. So, so we came in after the game, my hamstrings in tatters. And I remember the gaffer saying, and that's why I put you back in, because I know you've got goals and I know I can rely on you. And I'm thinking, you should have been in the first place. Mm. But there, the justification was there that because he'd scored a goalkeeper, so I saved it. But, <laughs> right. but the justification was there, and you know, that, 
that kind of stuck with me as well because that was more, I think that was more a kind of manager's point of view going, I got that one night and I, I was sitting there with my hamstring and tatters. Because if you go to him, he says, well, John scored. Them say, I was out for three months, yeah, so there's no yeah. point in wasting my breath. Uh, how much did injury have an impact on your, your career itself? Uh, massively, massively. And, and again, the experience is something you get after you need it. You, you know, you don't know how to rehab these things, don't know how to look after your body until you're kind of, you know, nursed through it and stuff. And, um, you know, I probably didn't do it as, as well as that I should have. So from then, I was probably kind of stopped starting in terms of fitness. That's tough. Uh, around about that time, as you said, broke into the Scotland team. How proud were you to play for your country? Aye. To get, to get the call-up. Um, to get the call-up was absolutely brilliant. You um, remember, who told you you were getting called? Do you know what? It was my dad's mate. Um, my dad's mate, Kenny. He's um, got so many good mates, hasn't he? he's got some classmates, <laughs> and I, he has to be fair. Um, so my dad's mate, Kenny, for me, and he's like, ah, you know, it was just no social media or anything back in the day, so he must have heard it on the news or, or in one of the papers or stuff. Um, I hadn't had a phone call, um, and he'd said to me, the, the squad's been named and you're in it, and I was like, wow, like, brilliant. That's me kind of international recognition and stuff now as well, and, and it was great, but um, going on to my... <laughs> my debut, right? <laughs> and, uh, Italy, fact, wasn't it? Italy. Uh, Italy was my debut, right? But see, before I made my debut, um, I remember we were out in, I think it was Austria. Right. It was Austria, Switzerland. And I hadn't played for Scotland yet. I was on the bench. And the lads get sent out to warm up. So that way, like, I'm kind of buzzing to get on. I've got the fire in the belly, ready to get on. I'm doing my warm up. But as I'm warming up, I'm kind of looking for the gaffer. I'm trying to catch his eye and that. Like, I'm right up for this year. As if it's going to make a difference, right? <laughs> and I seen Walter... Koisty and Tommy all standing together, so they were having a wee meeting. Ah, right, okay, somebody's going on now, right, who is it, who is it? So, um, as I really cut the line, Koisty's like, ah. <laughs> right, so he's waving me up, frantically waving me up, so I'm like, ran away up, right? I've took my top off, I popped my shorts down, my, my trousers down, um, I tracked your bottoms, he's put his arm around me. You're not going on. <laughs> He's done me without trying to do me. Right? Oh, right, okay, so so what, gonna... tu what turned out was their conversation where I'm thinking, right, Beats is the main man here, I'm going to put him on, he's going to win as a game. That wasn't the conversation they had, right? The conversation was Beats is the only old firm player in the squad and there's an old firm game on Sunday, right? right? So whether it was injuries or boys not getting picked or rested, there was no other Rangers or Celtic players in that squad, right. only me. So they've realised at this point in the game, we can't put him on here. Because if he goes on and gets injured, there's a conspiracy theory. Against, yeah, yeah. I, we put him on so we can get injured, blah, blah, blah. All that nonsense. So that was a the conversation they had. Coyote's like, ah, hey, man, oh, and you see, if he'd done, see if he'd meant to do it, that would been brilliant, man. So he'd done me without actually meaning it. Uh -huh. so, um, but then you get your debut against Italy. You'd rather play against Italy than that mob. On my debut, competitive debut against Italy. Um, Again, I love hearing this. Like, when, Did they come and pull you and say you're going to play? Uh, no, well, I was on the bench. Right. Um, but like the chance you're going to get on here or? Nah, no, nah. they wouldn't have said that, no. Um, so just named on the bench, you know, take the game from, from there as it is. Um, so named on the bench, Waters at his team talk, Koisty said his bit, Tommy Burns has said his bit, and Walter Smith says, right Billy, you get into ad? Billy McCulloch. Oh, the, the, the masseur. Masseur, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> So Billy's like, actually gaffer, I have. Right. Daft Cockney accent, right, he's funny as anything and I'm going, He's a slain, isn't he? He's like slain. Oh, <laughs> mental. And I'm like, what's going on here? So we Billy's like, he kind of wee bit of a limp, you know, one of the arms was shorter than the other. Top, top masseur, right? But see, just to see him, he was just hilarious. So he walks into the middle of the changing room and he starts telling jokes, right? He starts, he starts having banter and telling jokes and I'm going, 
Cannavaro and Nesta are standing in the tunnel waiting on us. And Billy McCullough's telling jokes here, like, what's going on? <laughs> so we goes out. Um, obviously, the, the, the game starts. Um, it gets warmed up. I think it was 0-0 when I came on. And somehow I managed to get a yellow card before I touched the ball. How, how, elbow? Elbowed Cannavaro and I cut him. Wow. So I was backing in, backing in. Somebody tried to play the ball down the line. I'm backing in, I'm trying to feel him, and he's like, ah, I'm not feeling me, I'm going to step back. I've lost my balance. Bang, cracked Cannavaro right in the face. What did so he say you? I was raging, but the ref had ran over and booked me. <laughs> so I'd actually been yellow carded before <laughs> I touched <laughs> the ball. <laughs> that could be a record then. <laughs> Possibly. How good were they to Cannavaro and Nesta? Oh, Cannavaro and Nesta. Ridiculous. What, animals? Aye, aye, quality. Aggressive at uh, Aggressive when it had to be. No, nimble footed and could play when it had to be quick. Nesta, uh, Canavar was five foot ten, world player of the year as a defender. Wow. Like, and not even the best that I'd played against. Who was? Maldini. Oh, wow. Maldini, mate, an absolute. Is joke. he gorgeous as well? He's, he's got everything, mate. He's got everything. He was 37 at the time. And I remember sitting in the San Siro and I'm watching and I'm going, I'm going to get on late here. And I was like, I'm going to have you. Like, late on in the game. <laughs> See the 1 0 game, Kaka? Yeah. The um, one that Lenny was chasing him? Aye. Uh -huh. um, and Big Mick should have wiped him out. Uh -huh. Oh, well, there's a few things you should have. Old Mick's watching me. <laughs> yeah. That was the footer corner, wasn't it? <laughs> right, so I'm sitting there and I'm watching Maldini. I'm like, I'm coming on here, fresh leg, like, I'm going to have you. <sighs> wow, 37. Quick? Mick, it wasn't, it wasn't so much quick, he was so clever. Like, yeah, really I'm trying to spin in behind, and as I turned around, he's 10 yards off me. He's 10 yards deeper than me, and I'm going, I can't get behind here. I need to adjust my position. I go to shorty feet. He stepped in front of me, wow. and that was like, wow. Like, yeah. literally, couldn't get the ball. So oh, yeah, chased him up the tunnel after the game for a jersey. <laughs> did you get him? <laughs> even then, they changed him and got me a jersey, aye. Did he get aye, you a Maldini as well? Yeah. Who's the best jersey you've got? Maldini. Right, okay, brilliant. Uh, scored in the last minute against Georgia. Is that your, your highlight of your Scotland career? Aye, most definitely. Because um, it only lasted seven caps, so... <laughs> 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 um, no, definitely. But great listen, to score for Scotland, mate. Brilliant. Yeah. No, honestly, it was, it was brilliant. Definitely the highlight. Um, because it was for, for long spells, I didn't actually enjoy being in the Scotland squad. Wow. Um, I'd been in it for years, Simon, and, and I wasn't getting a lot of caps. I wasn't getting on the pitch quite a lot. And I probably felt that I was in it because I was an old firm player, because I played for Celtic. Um, right. And I probably felt there was a wee bit of pressure that they kind of had to include me, you know, that way, yeah. because you're involved at, at that level with Celtic. And um, just the way we, we kind of played, it was, you know, we had McFadden and McCulloch, who were kind of midfielders, stroke, wide players, stroke, kind of do a job like, you know, kind of utility type yeah, players. Yeah. That, I don't mean that disrespectfully by the way, I mean that like they could play anywhere. anywhere yeah. So if it was a case of like, Jig playing up on his own and dropping in to make it a kind of six type thing then, so I felt like I was never getting the opportunities, no matter what was happening, I felt like I was never going to play. So you're away for kind of long spells, you know, two weeks at Cameron House, which sounds lovely, but and the truth is you, you were bored out your face. Yeah. You train in the morning, you eat three or four times a day, nothing else to do, it was, it was actually really, really tough. Um, and I probably sound, and people find that hard to actually believe, sitting in a, a five-star hotel with all the facilities and nice food and whatever, but it, it was tough mentally to do that. It was, like, it was like you were locked up at times. I can imagine. Would you ever go to a manager and say you were frustrated at lack of game time? Um, nah, it wasn't my style. It wasn't my style. It wasn't my style. It was, I, I, would, I would just work, I would get my head down, I would work hard, and, and I'm, I wasn't one for kind of chatting doors and asking big questions. Yeah. Right, final season at Celtic, was it your best for the club? Um, what happened in it? Uh, he's played quite a lot and scored goals. <laughs> <laughs> I, got you, I got you a good move, didn't probably it? was then, I. Um, it probably was. Listen, it's... <sighs> who was it, you, Jan and Scotty? Uh, no, I never played with Scott, no. Or who was no, it, it was you, Jan Magic. and... Oh, Magic, of course. It was uh, Zaraski. Um, and 
listen, good players, good quality around about. Um, but ultimately, you know, you're saying that I played a lot and I had scored goals, but probably where I was at at that point, I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere near what I should have been. And, and probably I, I felt like that because Gordon had brought them in and they were his players. And I felt like Gordon argued different. I've got no question that, that he'll argue different and say that they were better players, they were fitter, that whatever it may be, they weren't injured as much. He'll have his own arguments. But me at that point, I was just like, do you know what? I'm, I'm 23 now. I've been here. I've been. I've seen off Larson, Sutton, Hartson. You know, I felt like it was my time to go in there. Kenny was there as well. Kenny oh, Miller. Yeah, of course. Um, and I felt like it was my time and, and that wee bit of running, wee bit of confidence and I think I would have went on. Um, and I probably didn't feel like I'd gotten that. So I've but see, you're saying that, why, why would you not go and say that to the, to the manager? Just well, what I did was a chap just don't tell me I want to leave. Right. Um, How did he take that? Not great to start. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, he Gaffic word, aye, come in, sit down, right, okay, I says, listen, I'm, just to let you know, like, I'm trying to get away. What do you mean? And I says, listen, I'm, I'm not happy, I want to move on, I've been here, excellent, I don't feel like I'm getting the game time, like, um, I don't want you to leave. And I went, right, listen, I'm leaving, I'm just telling you, before you hear it off another club or another agent, I'm gone type thing, so I'm just out of respect, I'm coming in to tell you so you don't hear it third party, blah, 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 I'm leaving, it's like it's done type thing. And he's like, well, if you feel that strongly about it, then I'll, I'll do what I can. We'll, we'll support you and we'll, we'll make sure we, that you get a club. Um, right. And then transfer to West Brom. But is he looking back, do you know why you just went and maybe said to him, I want to play in there? Or do you think you'd done quite, a bit at the right I, Quite possibly. I, I could have sat out another season and um, and seen how it had transpired. And if it didn't work, then I, I could always have moved then or, or at Christmas or whatever it may be. Uh, right, I need to ask, you, ask everyone that's ever played <clears> on Tommy Gravison any, any recollections of the screwball? Just... Just mental. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, he was mad for prison break at the time. Right? Was he prison break? I never, right? I never uh, heard this. He one. used to walk about talking about tea bag all the time. He, that, <laughs> that was his thing, aye. He used to he used to walk by and he used to lift his pocket out in his trousers and yeah, hey lad, hey, hello, pretty. Like, he used to give it all that part, all right? He loved tea bag. You know, if you've seen prison break, uh, tea bag, he's a screwball. Aye, he's a he's a crackpot, aye, yeah. and uh, it's quite alarming that he. Such an, like affinity, to, uh, such an affinity for tea bag, <laughs> but he, he certainly did. I remember one day were, he was debating with Lee Naylor about throwing golf balls. Like, I used to play a wee bit of golf and that, and like, can I play golf if, if your balls are not, if the, the golf balls are not good quality? He came in with like 45 pound golf balls the next day, and the, the two of them were throwing them the length for Barrafield. Like, let's see who can throw the ball the furthest. Like, they, were, they went to one side of the pitch and they were launching top of the range Nike balls the length of the football. 45, 45 pound golf balls just to, to try and prove a point. I can throw it further than you. Like, <laughs> an absolute head case. Screwball. Uh, so, why West Brom? Um, <sighs> my options were probably West Brom and Derby. Derby get promoted. Was that when Piero was there? He scored the goal, didn't he? Aye. Uh -huh. um, so, after they get promoted, you know, I just went elsewhere and. You know, it was funny because I was watching the, the, that playoff game um, and I was like, who you want to win? And uh, the move, obviously the move, they were still in the championship, so I realised that I had a more, more opportunity to go to the championship than, than the Prem. Did you speak to Tony Mowbray before you went? Um, I had a chat, had a chat to the agent, um, went down and met Tony Mowbray. Me and my dad travelled down, went and met him, you know, liked what he had to say, liked what he, you know, the sales pitch was good and, and we got the deal done. He talks well about football, didn't he, like his Aye. ideas? And... Yeah, wants to, wants to play football, wants to play the right way. Sounds very, very good. Um, you know, you get a good name in a game. What character is he? Because like when I thought, I thought he was a bit weird, but then you see him with no, that. Is. I remember the Ishmael Miller thing? Uh -huh. Were you there at that time? Um, Gone. What happened? 
look at Ishmael. He was getting an interview, then Ishmael Miller was coming in too. He went, oh, look at Ishmael and his big car. <laughs> Started making car noises. Remember that? That is weird though. Uh, has he got, has he got, has he got patter in that? Um, nah, he's not got much patter in nah. that. Nah, he had, he had Mark Venus for his part. And his, <laughs> his, his part good, of, uh, he's part of a shite, though. <laughs> <laughs> he was mucking the horses as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so it goes down there. Um, Mugga was good. You know, liked working. We wanted to play the right way. Um, do you know what? The, the first season at West Brom, I went down there with the wrong attitude. Um, probably not said this to, to many people. I've kept it yes, for your exclusive. Yes, it's an exclusive, right, man. Kept, went down there. Uh, I actually told... Kevin this in, in February, I was in Dubai with, with Kevin Phillips in, in February. I think Kev was like 36 at the time. And I've went, oh mate, I didn't realise this so. So I'm going down there thinking, Super Kev's going to be my backup. So I'm going down there, new signing, going to go down there, I'm going to rip the championship up. You know, 70, 80 minutes, job will be done and Super Kev will come on to see the game out type thing. A response on that. So I remember phoning my dad, right, scored again. Phillips did, no me. Um, scored again, it was a tap in but, I said, right, okay. Dad, right, a two-yard header at the back post, like, lucky as anything, like, can it keep happening? Like in March time, and I'm still telling my dad, I says, lucky, he scored 25 <laughs> goals. I'm like, dad, he's lucky as anything, this guy. <laughs> couldn't get a sniff. Went down with the wrong attitude, thought Super Kev was going to be my backup, and couldn't get it again from him. He was ridiculous. Would he have been up there with your Bell and Mason last season? Bear in mind, he scored 30 goals in the Premier League, wouldn't I you? know, I know, he's... He, he told us in Dubai about 400 <laughs> times. Uh, he, he, he tried to give it the golden boot shout, but Super Ali was there, so he quickly got shot got down with two Ali. golden boots. Oh, I love that. <laughs> he got one for each foot, he said. <laughs> was he good with you, Tom, Phillips, and you were in the plane, obviously, as you said, you're a big one, he No, Kev was good. It was a good group of, of boys down there. That yeah. was probably a kind of transition in that generation. Like said, uh, Jonathan Greening, Paul Robinson, Kev Phillips and all that. And, you know, the lads were really, really good. Um, oh, Chris Brunt, James Morrison. Right, good, good bunch boy, of boys. Uh, warm weather training in Marbella. How was it? Warm. <laughs> <laughs> the, heat, the heat was on in the end. Um, right, we goes out. <clears throat> First we won the championship, second season, we're in the Prem, but we're toiling. And it gets to the, 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 the close season, and the, not the close season, the, the winter break. Break, right, yeah. So we goes out to Marbella, worked our socks off, um, really, really good. Um, and the notice board at the last meal was like, Going down to town tonight, going to Port Abanus, down to Harbour and Harbour and Marbella. Yeah, we're talking. Right? No alcohol though, so a wee bit. Like, we'll go down for a wee look, we'll go see what it's about. Absolutely no problem. They don't want us to drink, we don't drink. That's fine. So uh, Dan Dan Harris was a fitness coach at the time and he was Dan, quite. Do you remember Dan? Yeah, right? Dan was so brilliant. Dan was like, like he was with the interview drinking all that anyway, so he was just like, make sure we're not drinking, like we're not here. Gaffer at the meal, right? Listen, we need to go home, we've got a job in my hands here. If we don't, we're gonna get relegated, like, no problem. So we get on the bus, lads are all dressed up, we're away down and Mogger comes up the back of the bus and he goes, um, right lads, uh, I know I said, like, on the board, zero alcohol, like, like, these are all grown men, like, ideally, I want you back in the bus for 12 o'clock, that's when the bus leaves. I said, you're all adults, just don't have my phone ringing, don't get into any bother. He walks back down the bus and the boy's like, ah, oh, fuck, you've got a whole pass here, like, that's his night out, like, that's basically what he Is said, uh -huh. but he's kind of got round about it, you know, in a, in a roundabout way, so, basically, don't get into any bother, the lad's like, ah, no hassle, we won't, so we go down the town, can't remember the bar we were in, so we're in there, um, and we're all kind of sampling the local refreshments, the, the boys are all in the bar mingling, so a great wee night, gets to half eleven, the lads are like, ah, oh, brilliant, brilliant, yeah, way to go, like, boys are loving it in Port of Venus. Can I get to about 20 to 12, quarter to 12, and looking about and thinking, I don't feel like there's as many lads here as what there should be. I'm thinking, 
well, they did say 12 o'clock for the bus, but I'm sure they know 5 to 12, there's three players left in the bar, and I'm one of them, right? Who's the other two? I can't remember, right? <laughs> so uh, there's three players left in the bar. And I'm like, what's going on here? Like, the boys have all absolutely backdoored it. Uh, shot himself last oh, minute. I hear that. Shot himself last minute running for the bus. So I um, thought, right, we'll, we'll breach the curfew now. So Gaffer said, uh, or the, the sheet said, blah, 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 breakfast at half seven, bus leaves at half eight to go to the airport the next morning. That was on the itinerary from the night the dinner before, the night before. Quarter past eight again. In the morning? <laughs> yes, beats on that. <laughs> Quarter past eight. Hey, Gaffer's phone didn't ring, right? Quarter past eight again. I remember taking my shoes off in the foyer for the hotel, so I was so he couldn't hear me <laughs> going down the corridor. <laughs> Did he find it? Well, he goes on the bus, right? So half past, I gets in at quarter past twelve, uh, quarter past eight in the morning. Gets on the bus at half eight on the way to the airport. I'm thrown up in the bus, right? I'm up the back of the bus. I'm being sick on the bus, like it was. It was the boys pissing themselves. Ah, it was mental, right? <laughs> so there was. Um, he gets to the airport, and uh, get lands in Birmingham airport. And um, what had happened was basically the lads who. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. We left the pub. There was a group of them late for the bus. The bus had waited. There was a group of them missed the bus. And there was three years never attempted to get on the bus. Right, so... 
we gets to the airport, he switches his phone on, I switches my phone, I'm standing at the bag carousel, my agents text me, you've agreed a loan deal, going to Sheffield United, got there in the morning. I'm thinking, brilliant, hope I've sobered up by that point, right? <laughs> <laughs> hope I've sobered up by that point. So, Mulga pulls me, shouts me over, Bates, come here. She comes over and I'm like, I know, I know, I know, like, Mel's just texting that and, I the deal's been agreed. I don't think last night's gone unnoticed. Ah, you talking about Gaffer? I don't think it's going unpunished neither. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And I'm saying, Gaffer, what are you talking about? And he's like, ah, listen, absolute bang out of order. I told you this, don't, told you what time the bus was leaving. You made no attempt to get on it. He says, I tell you what, the boys that were late are getting done a thousand pound. He says, the boys that were missed the bus are getting done three grand. He says, see the boys that never tried to get on the bus, they're getting done ten grand. Right? That was the fine that hit as well. You got a ten grand fine for a night out? That was the fine that hit as well. Oh my right. God. Fucking worth it, mind. <laughs> I'll go ask what you're doing there. What I ended up there was a local charity got uh, they got a donation in the end. I think he had uh, he had mulled it over. Um, probably realised that he had to keep the squad on side in terms of fighting for his for his yeah, job, job and, and yeah. a place in the prem. Um, so he kind of mulled it over. Boys had got together, we spoke to the staff, and there was a, a local charity to get a wee bit of a contribution. So, off the back of your night out. Ten grand, mate. What a fine that is. Love it. Brilliant story. Uh, and then you go to Sheffield United, and you're straight <laughs> to an airport again with Paddy Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I met Paddy Kenny in my goal. He had a pair of tacky bottoms on in a nightclub. Oh, mate. Raw geezer, isn't he? Brilliant, Raw mate. Guy, man. Right, brilliant. So, um, agreed a deal. Go to Sheffield United. Phones him, obviously. It must be close season, it must have been winter break time. So they're now going to Malta, right? Remember the sponsor was visitmalta.com, uh -huh. which is the Maltese government. Right. So we're ready to go to Malta. So it's like, right, mate, something you get, bring your case, bring your passport, pack some flip-flops and swimming shorts, we're going to Malta. Brilliant. So we just in there, um, we went travelled from Sheffield to London, because we flew to Malta from one of the London airports, I think it was Gatwick. So we're in the hotel the night before, because it was a really early flight. So the boys are tanked up, we're having a few beers in the... We did actually play some football, it wasn't just all about drinking. So uh, he gets tanked up in the airport and one uh, Paddy Kenny's phone rang, right? So I, forgive me because I can't remember the names, right? But it was his missus on the phone at the time. But one of the lads thought it was banter to shout another bird's name. Oh, it's like shite right? banter, right? Rubbish. <laughs> right? Big Greg Halford, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Who was at Aberdeen last year, wasn't he? Huh? He went to Aberdeen last year, Greg Halford, the, the big defender. Yeah, 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 right back to the throwing. Tickered he's had for a long throw by the <laughs> way. Know, right, yeah. right, so right, so um phone goes, Paddy answers the phone. Paddy, is that Jessica on the phone? Right, I made that name up because I can't remember what the what names were, right? Paddy's like absolutely fizzing, right? His missus is giving him it fucking stinking on the <laughs> phone. He thought it was banter, blah blah blah. So ends up Paddy's stewing, right? No let it go. Right. He's had a pop, he's and like I'm settled down, lads, blah blah blah, like you've got a rest. Um couple of drinks. We weren't going to bed before this, so we were ready to go to the airport. So we're at the monorail in Gatwick, and uh, Paddy's just, mine's doing overtime. So we're all standing at the monorail. Wow. Paddy. What? <laughs> 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 right, so we're standing. Yeah. <laughs> so we're at the monorail in Gatwick Airport, and we're goalkeepers just scud at one of our defenders. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> oh, what? Who was the manager? Uh, Kevin Blackwell. Wow, Kevin Blackwell, hi, Kevin Blackwell and Big Sam were, were the management team there, and uh, it was just like it was absolutely bonkers. Like, no, they didn't like it. Um, so that that was the that was the retaliation for, for shit banter. Aye. Wow, it was, he is a madman, to Paddy Kenny. Ah, he's mental. He's good though. Uh, he's, he's, he's a good lad, but you know, he's a typical Irishman. Just smashed him. Well, he played Ireland, didn't he? But um, then we goes out there and 
we go straight on it out there once we arrive there. On it again? <coughs> straight on it, mate. It's close season, so we get out there and then it ended up, we got out for a few beers in the afternoon, so it was myself, Paddy and Lee Hendry, because a couple of the boys had to then split up after the kind of incident, so we go down, we find a wee beach hut, it was like summer in Australia, like summer bay, right, sitting in a wee beach hut and the waves are coming in and that was brilliant, drinking the local beer, we ended up wrecked, but we had to be there, half seven, we had to be down for a meal with the Maltese government, oh, right, so yeah. it was like, lads, like, make sure you so we had to go home. Like a power hour to try and square it up, the lads pull you out of bed, they were getting us dressed and all that, I'm sitting at dinner like, ah, it's great to be here, like, absolutely wrecked. Ended up tops off, me and Stephen Quinn, uh, up the town that night, tops off on the barrel singing and that, like, absolutely ran right. Why did you not sign for Sheffield? I'd have been signing straight away now. <laughs> I'd done my best, but I just think in the playoff finally <laughs> fucked me off. <laughs> right, just finally on West Brom, uh, did it work out for you there now? Um, listen, it's... I've actually played quite a few games um, over the course of the two seasons. Um, first season we got promoted, so a championship winner. You know, I, I played sort of 25 odd games, so I won a championship that year. Next season, then you get to the Premier League, but he'd signed a couple of boys, Mark Anton Fortune was one of them. Um, so when you get when you get the Prem money, he signs better players and bigger names, and, and unfortunately, you, you kind of you fall down the pecking order. That led to the Sheffield United move and then the Crystal Palace move, which which turned out to be really good. Another medal on the cabinet, so mate. Oh, the medal. One, one of the 11. <laughs> Brilliant. I'll mention it since you didn't he? <laughs> uh, right, Swansea. Paolo Sousa. What a player he was and another handsome man. Uh, did he phone you up directly or was it, again, an agent? Um, it was all done through the clubs. Um, the club's an agent. And uh, we weren't sure if it was going to happen. So I'd actually played for West Brom in the Cup the night before. Um, we played at the Hawthorns and we'd beat, I think it was Rotherham. Um, beat them 3-2 and scored an absolute screamer. And that kind of, that probably got the deal over the line. So the deal was then agreed with Swansea. Um, it was I think it was eight hundred grand with some add-ons. So it was it was a record signing at yeah. the time. Um, so it was it was kind of quite a big deal. Obviously, they've changed days now, but in the Premier League and stuff like that. But you know, I was I was getting into the Swansea Football Club as a record signing. It was quite a big deal. Um, so goes down there, goes in. Paolo was an absolute ledge. What a player he was! By he, he Even still, he was joining yeah. in training, and he was taking the mic out of Joey Allen. He had Joey Allen pulling his hair out everywhere yeah. he turned. Paolo was there waiting on him, like, hey, that sort of defensive midfield role, I know where you're going to go. Then Joe was trying to like, bluff him, and he was reading the bluff, and he was taking off him, and anything Joe done, Paolo had already done it, like, he trumped him, like, he was brilliant. Um, but mental. Um, didn't want the boys, like, training and working hard, it was a lot of set pieces, and wanted to save the legs, and, because when he was at Juventus, he got battered with three and four sessions a day, to the point where he couldn't move. So, it? since he's become a manager, Everton's the polar opposite, it's all about shape, and first pre-season day, they'd, they'd done set pieces. And then he was like, oh, the legs are... <laughs> and pre-season, he does set pieces. So he came over to, like, he came over to the lads, Monks and Gows, Asher Williams, uh, Gary Monk, Mark Gower, he came over and he said, eh, today was, it was hard, eh? Hard, hard day. And the boys are like that. They're usually running up with sand dunes by now. So they went down the beach and they had a run in the afternoon and Paolo caught them and he went mental. Monk was the captain. Right. And he went mental at him for, for having a run in the afternoon without his, his say-so. But the lads are like, Gaffer, it's pre-season, Nick, get, get sweat on here. He's like, no, I, I tell you what to do. How like, come you've done, <coughs> still done quite well then? Because you've played some good football under him there. We played class football. Like, oh, yeah. We could players. Was that um, the problem to you? Want to fit enough? Um, no, no, I don't think so. No, but when see, see when I went down to sign. So obviously the deal was agreed. I went down to sign. Went into the stadium. Goes up into the gaffer's office, and uh, he says, Ah, come in. Nice, nice to see you. Sit down. So obviously I've introduced myself. Met his assistant. So we start talking. And he says, So what, what kind of player are you? And I'm like, right, okay, right. He's kind of. 
he's wanting to see what I've got here. He's wanting to see what I know about the game and what, yeah. what like. So about 15 minutes into the conversation, and I realised they didn't even know what fucking position I played. <laughs> right? How can that be? <laughs> so Swansea broke their record transfer fee, and the manager didn't know what position I played. Right? So at first I'm thinking, he's testing me here, he's wanting to put it on me and see if I've got a bit about the game. Nah, didn't know who I was. He was actually asking me, what kind of player are you and what position do you play? And then did you know certainly like, why do you not know this to be gym? Is that... <sighs> Listen, you just know the money's going in the it bank. It was yeah. done. It was yeah, yeah. the deal was done. It was it was all it was all agreed. But it's just typical of the way the game is today. So I don't know who signed you. You know who signed you? No, uh, no, it definitely wasn't Paulo. Did he ever tell you any of his old stories of him playing there? I he was good. I was he good um, that? I can remember him talking about one of the lads was trying to get a move, and they were saying like they were talking about like having to take a cut, and he said um, I remember when I was at and at Milan and you know I wanted to go to Juventus and sometimes. Sometimes you have to take a few million euros cut. Like, what are you on if you're uh, if you're prepared to take a few million euros cut? Because that's when um, Italian football was peak as well. Aye, aye, aye. Aye. Uh, were you surprised <laughs> when he, he departed, finished in seventh? No, um, I, I wasn't because we the boys had a feeling that that, that was going to happen. Um, that the whole Swansea thing started with Kenny Jacket. That was obviously before my time, right? And Kenny had the boys playing really good football through kind of Kenny League Jacket One. Did, Aye, really, really good football. Aye, really good stuff. And then Kenny Jacket and then Roberto Martinez, right? So then it went for the Kenny Jacket into Roberto, and it was the four-three-three. So he had like Tommy Butler in one wing, Jason Scotland through the middle, like some class, class players. I think Jason Scotland scored about fifteen penalties that season. What a guy! But it was because of the. The position, the possession, and the position, the park. Yeah. So they were winning a lot of penalties just by kind of territorial stuff. Mm. Um, so that all started there. But then Paulo came in, and he was ultra defensive. So the lads have gone for Roberto, like free throwing, proper good football, to super super defensive. Like when you were attacking down the right, your left wing, your left midfielder had to be in a diagonal line, like next to the left back in case it broke down. Like it was none of this like other one in the back post or that. It was super defensive, proper Italian. Um, you know, and, and looking back on the season, finishing seventh, you know, we drew nothing each with Doncaster in the last day of the season, and we, we basically lost out in the playoffs in goal difference. And we were so defensive throughout the season. So, but what happened after that was Brendan and came in. Wow. See, when he first came in, like, did I just say it just for the sake of like, you, did you think straight away, wow? Um, when he first came in, is there ever uh, a doubt? A wee bit of doubt. <laughs> no, see, when he first came in, I tell you who was um, your man for Hamilton um, was linked with the job. Oh, Billy Reid, what's so Billy Reid, right. wasn't it? Uh, so, I think he turned it down. Right, he turned it down. Uh, so the gaffers came in, and I was like, gaffer, all right, hi. So you he know actually you, looks a bit like Billy Reid. So you know how you got the job, don't you? They've already printed BR on the kit. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Did you say <laughs> that? Did you take that out? He loved it, like, he was absolutely brilliant. And he's like, right, you over here, like, <laughs> was it like a Celtic and all that, like, proper Celtic man. Was he I, a proper I, Celtic man? And see now that he's left, and a lot of fans have come to talk to me, what about Brendan this and Brendan that? And, and I was like, listen, in 2009-10 when I was at Swansea, he was over to me and he was he was thinking me about Celtic back then, like wanted to know how the club was, what the players were like, how it was run, what like what it was like to play for him. So a proper, proper Celtic man. Right. Um, he obviously gets his fair bit of stick now. Mm. Um walked in walked in the place, right, and you're probably cynical because he had been at Watford, he had been at Reading, and hadn't really done no, obviously, well, I, well he wasn't great, there, uh, so yeah, yeah. if he if he'd done that well, he'd still have, he'd yeah. still have been there, right? So, um, obviously, wasn't our first choice neither. Uh, he comes in, and we have a meeting, and he puts the slides up on the board. Very professional, all well done with the, the computer and the technology and all that sort of stuff. Um, and on one of his slides, he told us that he was going to make Swansea City a sustainable 
Premier League football club, right? So I'm sliding under my chair, I'm going, I'm your record signing, mate. You're not going to do this, right? How, how the hell are you going? Like, it's all fine and well saying it, but what's your plan? Because I'm your record signing and that's not going to happen, right? That was his first words. A sustainable Premier League club. Well, he stuck to his guns, didn't he? Some, somehow he managed to do it. How soon on the training ground as well did you think, like, wow? The, the second you walked on the training, he, he had this, he's, he's this character that, he, you'll have met some of them throughout the game, and listen, you, they just draw you in, like, Ali McCoy's got it, Frank McAvaney's got it, guys that just, you don't want me to stop talking, you want me to keep... Well, I want Frank to stop talking all the time, <laughs> <I believe> me. <laughs> Martin O'Reilly walks in the room and everybody goes quiet, you know, yeah. like Brian Clough would have been the same, Fergie's the same, like, he's just got this aura, you just, you, you just want to be about him, you want to be, you know, he's infectious. Um, so he came in right away, first day on the training ground, we walked on the training ground, everything was set out, the whole session was set out for the day, so there was no moving goals and laying cones and blah, 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 everything was laid out to absolute perfection. Uh, one thing um, leads in, I've watched him turn, one thing leads in, uh, right, another, doesn't So he walks on here, lads, we're on here for 90 minutes, game lasts 90 minutes, that's including your warm-up, your cool-down, we'll do X, Y, Z over there, two touch, one touch, whatever it may be, he explains what you're doing, that drill, that drill, in between you've got 60 seconds to go and get yourself a drink to get back in, so literally by the time you've gone right round, 90 seconds, job done, and you're away. And it was absolutely ridiculous. And we had a core of Spanish boys at that time, maybe six, six Spanish boys at the club. So he would deliver the session in English, then he would deliver it in Spanish. So we got to the session and the Spanish boys didn't even need to go, what's happening here? He told them in Spanish. So there was no like standing about while he yeah. asked him what was going Honestly, on, everyone knew it. it was the Dutch boys, Doris, De Vries, Ferry, Bode and that, uh, they spoke very good English anyway. Right. So they would have kind of, some of the Spanish boys' English wasn't great, but when it gets delivered in Spanish, then you don't need it to be good. What, uh, does, he, does he make everyone better <clears throat> players? And what, what is he? Is it all possession based? That he's, he's, uh, he's all possession based, based touching the ball, positional. Um, honestly, uh, the interview wouldn't be long enough to, to sit and talk about him. He's, uh -huh. aye. He, even the kind of personal touches as well. He knew the kind of the kids by names and stuff like that. Could we used to train up as like a kind of David Lloyd type thing? So like, at times the family would come down for lunch, the kids would be there and they'd walk by, high five, do you know, like high five and like away and play tennis with the Waynes and all that sort of stuff. And he was just, the personal touches, you know, the professionalism, the respect, they'd be laughing and joking. You'd walk through the gate of the changing room and he would just totally change into work mode. And, and then you knew, uh... you knew that the jokes had stopped then, do you know what I mean? Like it was absolutely brilliant. Right, and what about you personally? How did he help you? As, your, as in your game, <clears throat> did he, what was your role within the squad? Uh, sub again. <laughs> <laughs> Playoff. Uh, sorry, we're going to talk about the Rod Stewart story. Go on, give us a. <sighs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> we've got Rod Stewart, big Celtic fan, isn't he? Yeah. So, he's now playing at Liberty Stadium. We had won the, the playoff final. So yeah, where was he playing left back? I should expect it now, I shouldn't even be surprised you're hitting it. But. Right, so he's playing, a, he's playing a gig at the Liberty Stadium. Um, the boys are like, the kind of older lads. Um, they're like, you fans are going to reach, the younger boys are like, absolutely no chance. No chance. So there was a group of about sixes, but all right, we're going to see Rod Stewart, that'll be class. And um, so, so, right, okay. Rod's one of my mates. Like, I've been at Rod's house, because sure when pre-season striking took us down to Rod Stewart's house Stuart, to, yeah, to train, yeah, right? I remember that. So we went down there and him and Penny were watching training and they were filming it. We had lunch out the back garden in the swimming pool. He was around talking to all the lads. So I'm like, Stewie, like, Stewie's my mate. Like, we'll go and watch him. Like, we'll, we'll get him, we'll have a bit of banter and all that. Like, hey, me hey. and Stewie are like, you're proper tight and all that. Like, I'm chatting absolute shit. I'm winding the lads up all the time. Every time it was mentioned, I was like, yeah, Stewie, I'll give him a text, make sure he, like, he gives a wave and gives a shout out and that. 
So then it gets to the night and we're all in the kind of like, VIP lounge of players and the, the partners and all that are in there and I kinda, I've kind of stopped with the banter, but the lads are like, go on beats, like, and tell the wife's saying, like, you and fucking Rod, like, you're the best mates, and you like, you like, and I'm like, oh no, so the boys are battering me in front of the wives and like, as if I've been giving it the big one, it was only banter. But were you half hoping that he would kind of recognise you? No, 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 not at all, like, I never spoke to him, like, like, well, I sort of spoke to him when we were at the house, but, you know, that was years and years before, Um, so no, nothing like that, Um, I had no, like, kind of in-depth kind of contact with him or whatever. Just what purely winding the boys up, so I said, "Yeah, you'd fucking rod, mate. Best mates and all that, right?" I'm like, "Oh no, here we go." So the kind of door to the VIP bit opens up, and this big guy walks in, he comes over to me, and he's like, "All right, Craig," and I'm like, "Hi, mate, you okay?" He's like, "Do you remember me from Rod's house?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course I do." And he's like, "He's downstairs. He wants you to come down and say hello." No chance. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I swear down. I swear to God, right? So myself, my my wife Claire at the time and, and uh, my sister Ashley went down so we went down the changing room and stuff like that we got a picture in a wee chat with Rod Stewart and all that and like I was genuinely bantering the boys so basically my claim to fame is that Rod Stewart had been following my career and sort that out. so he's got to the Liberty Stadium and thought I wonder if Beats is there and he sent his boy up to find out if I was there or not so oh, I ended up amazing. going down and get a wee picture so and did all the that, players so. get to meet him and all that the boys? no I kept it myself because he mugged me off <laughs> fuck them <laughs> brilliant uh, right playoff final uh, with Swansea uh, talk us through the experience of that day. Brilliant. Um, obviously, the second time I'd been involved in the playoff final, um, Sheffield United and, and Burnley the year before, uh, the, the previous time, um, and we got beat one 0 off of, off of Burnley. Um, I'll talk about that one first, Simon, because that was weird. Because um, I was on loan, so I know I touched on there that once you get promoted, the manager signs new players. I was on loan there, so I'm getting into the game thinking. No, I would never deliberately no play very well. No way the Elliot scored a screaming after about five minutes and we couldn't get a kick of the ball after that. Um, played against Clark Kelly and Stephen Caldwell and the ball was up in the air. For the f- so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do nothing. But I was thinking, like, if I do well here and we win this game, are they actually going to sign me? Or are they going to go out and spend £10, 10 million pound on a striker? <laughs> That's horrible. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh... So the, not the conundrum that I've got, but probably I'm thinking, if we don't go up here and I've done well while I've been here, Probably get a better chance of Aye. So that it was it was a weird kind of thing to be going through yeah. your head on the build up to a match. So anyway, the Swansea Reading one. Um it was absolutely brilliant. You know, Dobbs, Scott Sinclair scored a hat trick, Dobbs scored, beat them, beat them four three. Um do you know what? It was such a good group of boys at Swansea. They were all like probably the most down to earth, the most together group of boys that, that I've ever been with. We had a right good kind of <clears throat> Like social scene in terms of everybody was involved. Do you know right. what I mean? Like if, you, if there's something on, there'll be 16, 17 at it. Like boys loved each other and really played for each other. Um, probably Brendan helped with that as well. Um, did Brendan know the boys having a drink in that there? Um, he knew everything that was going on. Um, he had eyes and ears everywhere. Right. And he would he would walk by and just just drop something and keep walking and the boys would be like after. Oh shit, like Take no uh, he must know why. So it didn't matter, like, you know, if we were out at Nando's or if we were out at a club or whatever, he would just drop something as if they say, like, I'm on you type thing. So wow. he, wouldn't, he wouldn't give us a lecture about it. That's but, even, that's even aye, more, aye, aye. it works even aye, more. Aye. Yeah. Right, what's the feeling when the full-time whistle goes and you've been promoted to the Prem? You've played your part. Absolutely buzzing. Delighted for everybody. And there's a big bonus in the way. <laughs> the boys are running on the Is the park. bonus frightening? Aye? But the bonus was frightening, aye. Aye, um, Does that get spoken about before the game and stuff like that? Um, <coughs> probably the boys, probably between heard. the lads, aye. Yeah, uh-huh. Probably between the lads, because you know what's at stake, and you know what it was a group of boys that that, that weren't well, they weren't well paid in terms of what was out there. You know, you, you had some of the clubs in the championship paying 15, 16 grand a week, and the Swansea boys were nowhere near that. And they, um, most of them came through for League Two as well. So, they'd be on it, uh-huh. aye, so, so you're talking like 
you know, maybe like a few grand a week, which I get is good money, but then you, you're going to hire tax brackets, all that sort of stuff, yeah. and it's no... So it was super, super money. Um, and what we managed to do is we, we can afford the, the model that Blackpool had done previously, um, and it was something like five and a half million pounds for the pot or something like that. But it was all paid pro rata, etc. So it was all based on appearances and based on games. And um, But it was like to have that pot at the end and have that incentive, and Blackpool had done it and gotten up. So I think you know it's, it's a good thing to have. It's a good thing. It's proven it works. Yeah. How was how was the celebrations after it? Were you looking oh. after your man Gimmer? Right. No. Well, before that, before that, <laughs> talk about Brendan. I get a mention in his book, didn't I? Did you? Right? No, but scoring goals or anything like that. No, but how to get about my music on the right. bus on the way home, right? So the boys get on the bus. The music's on. It's all gangster rap and all this shit. Like, nah, I'm not having that. So I'm like, iPod out, phone in, and I put an '80s playlist on. And Brendan absolutely loved it. Like every awesome? song that came on, it was like bass, bass. Like this is amazing. <laughs> so like the whole way home to Swansea, we obviously stopped to get, get a carry out and you know, celebrations were going then. And um, Gaff was just buzzing off my music so much so that he mentioned Same it in his book. Yeah. yeah. So um, gets back to Swansea. Um, the guy who owned the club at the time, Martin Morgan, had a hotel in Swansea. Beautiful hotel called Morgan's Hotel. And. Um, we get back there, the bus pulls up, there's balloons everywhere, there's fans all over the place. The boys are tanked up. So me and Mark Gower are there, we're walking in, the fans, you know, they're all shouting and trying to get autographs and pictures. And there's a balloon at the entrance to the hotel. So Gow's and all his wisdom's going to heather the balloon, right? Unbeknown to him, there's a wall behind the balloon, no. right? So there's a pillar, right? And on the top of it, it's a square block. So Gow's is like, oi, bang, and he sticks a head in this balloon and the balloon just moves out the way and he's headed the wall, right? So I've literally caught him mid-air, like, arm over the shoulder, like, into the hotel. He was absolutely gone. Was he? Right, uh... I gone sparkled. And did he just keep drinking after that? Mate, I spent, I spent my, my, my playoff <laughs> final winning celebrations being his nurse, right? I swear down, right? And what happened was I had to take him and put him to bed. Right, so obviously in the hotels, we had a separate block where the, where the lads were. So I had to take him across the road. He couldn't stand up. He wasn't. He was drunk, but he'd concussed himself. Right, but the rest of the lads are mangled, and for whatever reason, I'm on the ball here. You know, the old first aid's kicking in and all that uh-huh. sort of stuff. Right, so I'm on the ball. I've got girls. I'm looking after him. I'm like, I to his wife Danielle, like you, like I'll make sure he's all right. So I takes him over, opens the door, pops him up in his bed, and I stands at the door and I looked at him, and he was just like, ah, he's cabbage. Right, he was gone, and I'm like. Ah. Right, I tell you what I'm going to do, and I don't know what made me do it. I went back over, right, and I put him in the recovery position, right. I swear, I swear to God. So he goes over, I fixes him on the bed, you know, leg over, arm over, face to the side, and I thought I'll go back and check on him in half an hour, right. Spewed all over the place. And right? if you hadn't done that, either. I genu- I genuinely think we spoke about it since. I genuinely think he could have died that night if I hadn't, like, if I hadn't had my wits about me, and wow. uh, yeah, honestly. Um, Probably saved his life. Fine, fine. Uh, just fired him in a recovery position. Went back over. He was sick all over the place. And uh, I'd say to it was the the masseuse at the time. Obviously, he's in the physio room and all that sort of stuff as well. And I'd say, right, listen, this is what I've done with guys. I'm just going to go and keep checking on him and all that sort of stuff. And um, I probably saved a wee man's life. You did the physio, wasn't giving a fuck? Eh? <laughs> no, <laughs> she was mad. Brilliant, <laughs> right, mate. On the hearts. Uh, what, appeal, what, appeal, what appealed to you about hearts? Um, do you know, it's such a big club. Yeah, everyone um, that comes on says that, is it, Such a big club. 
And but I, what makes it about club fans? The, the, the fans? the fans are unbelievable. I remember playing there and like a ten-year-old boy just spitting on me with your dad when I was warming up with Celtic one day, <laughs> and his dad was like, "Ah, we part in the heat." Like he probably came for a picture since, but um, he's probably been running about like so did the beat since. But he tried spitting me. Did he? I'm out for, you know, it's like it was really the old time cast was really tight to the pitch, and you're walking, you're getting dogs abuse, and we guy, you know, we man, like any chance. And uh, his dad was near that ball. He's like, ah, well done. Like, <laughs> have never like. So driving up the road, and I'm going to sign for either Kilmarnock or St Mum. Right. And the phone goes, and it's like I'm on the M6. I'm driving up the road. The phone goes. Hearts are on the phone. I'm like, oh no. So at this point, what had happened was I had sorted my stuff with Swansea. I had been paid up with Swansea. Everything was fine there. I was good to go, and I had just to make my decision. So I'm driving up the road. Hearts through a span on the watch, didn't they? So what had happened was they get Big John sorting out on loan, and they'd asked me to go in. And um, once John Murray from Hearts had phoned, was, that was it. Was only I was literally going for the M8 to the to the M9 on Stirling. And um, had you done the old <clears> one where you'd agreed? To, did you say to come on and someone that you were going to sign? I was on the way up the road. I hadn't told anybody that right, I was okay, going so to sign. Wasn't it too bad? Huh? And what I basically looked at was that they were on the top half of the table. Um, just mind, but if they had stayed there, you'd get the more lucrative games against Rangers, Celtic. More opportunity for TV games. If I'd gone to St Mirren at the bottom of the table, you know, I wasn't getting that exposure. Um, so I basically went to Hearts for, for a bit of exposure. Was um, it another Paolo Sergio? It was with Paolo, yeah. Did he know, did he know what sort of player you were? Was it the it same was as probably John Murray, again. Right. Um, we never, I never had the same conversation as Paolo Sosa, but it was probably John Murray that, had, that had kind of sold it to him, and um, John Murray had got us in, um, and I'm pretty sure that. Paul was glad he did. Uh, Ian Black was a big fan of Paolo Sosa and the training ground. Uh, Sergio, I um, sorry, sorry, I he was. Um, in fairness to him, I wasn't on the training ground with him that much. How was that? We played second game. We played first game. First game we played Rangers at Ibrox, beat them two one. Then we played St Mirren in the quarterfinals of the cup. Landed in my heel. Ended up with bone bruising. So for the remainder of the season, before every game, I get an injection up the sole of my foot into my Achilles. I thought you were going to say up your arse or something. Oh mate, I wish it was. I wish it was. I had to get Jamie Hamill to sit in my shin on the medical bed. So I had to sit with my leg out. Hammy had to sit in my shin. And Ivan, the doctor, had to put a needle up the sole of my foot. It was the worst thing I've ever experienced. I had to, do every, I had to get my foot numbed every game? to play. People didn't see that. That's what... to get my, on it, I had to get my foot numbed to play every game. And then I couldn't even put my shoes on during the week. I was walking about in flip-flops during the week and then just getting through the tail end of the week and then boots on again and going again on Saturday. To be fair, Saturday, it's probably Sunday. better if you can't put the shoes on. You're rascals, <laughs> mate. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you mentioned the fans. Did they, did they take to you, the Hearts fans? Oh, aye, aye. They, they took to me right away, aye. Um, I scored in the, the two-each game. The, the St Mirren quarter-final of the Cup went to replay and we went through. Then the following Sunday, I'd scored against uh, Hibs at Tynecastle. How was that? How was that for a feeling? Ah, it was good. It was good. Was the atmosphere um, brilliant? Um, aye, it was ridiculous. Aye, really good. Like, obviously we've got Rangers Celtic through in the West, but through in the East, they like Hibs and Hearts think that's as big as what it is. So yeah. they they treat it accordingly. Do you know what I mean? Um, so fans absolutely hate each other. The atmosphere is electric. Um, so no, really, really good. Um, and I heard Blackie talking about the, the pass for the goal and I had spoke to him about it. I'm sure it was big Danny Handling I was playing against. And um, I'd said to him, like, I'm going to get myself off the shoulder. I said, so see if you get it out on your right foot, just fire it. And honestly, it's land it right on my foot. And I don't know, I still, I could never do it again if I tried, but I don't know how I've managed to keep the touch with the inside of my foot two yards in front of me. 
Stacky's come running out and I managed to nutmeg Stacky. And um, Blackie talked about the kind of pass for the goal and all that sort of stuff because he'd say they'd never been beaten the, the Edinburgh Derby. Yeah. And that was one of his favourite ones. We won that 2 nothing. We Sozo scored in the, the tail end to make it 2 nothing. Brilliant. Um, Were you quite vocal at Hearts? Obviously, you'd had a. You've been down south, you played at Celtic. Were you one of the. I am, because I get in there as one of the, the, the you know, kind of seasoned pros, ex experienced players. But we had, we had other boys there as well, like Ryan McGowan, Andy Webster, Big Zaliukas, and all that, with the schedule. So it was good dressing room, a good experience yeah. dressing room and, and good quality as well. Right, mate, what did you think when Celtic were drawn in the semi final? Um, do you get a wee buzz straight away? I, I, of course you do. Um, and it's one of them, you, you think, right, if we're going to win it, we need to, we need to beat the best team in the country to go and win it. So, um, you know, there's probably quite a lot of thoughts go through your head, but once you get game time, it's like, right, OK, but we're not favourites, but we've, we've prepared during the week as best as we can and we go and give it a best shot. Devastated that you're not starting or injuries you coming in start. Why? You because always, injuries? I was, I was in bits. I was, right. Even when you, if, if you watch it back, like... Probably won't. I watch it every other week, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm hobbling about on the park. Like I'm, I'm actually, I'm really struggling. Um, struggling to move. I can't move freely. Um, See, if I hadn't I been Celtic, would you maybe not even have been involved? Was it? The fact no, I would have been involved. I would have been involved. I just made myself like, available and just do what I can to get as fit as I can to get on to get on the park in some capacity. Um, and then, listen, it's. What's transpired is... Do you remember? Um, do you remember why you went on? Was there a, something that happened in the game, or was somebody having a beast that he says, "Come on, you're going no, on"? No, no, not at all. Because the game was nil-nil. Just Paul had seen something that he didn't like, and it was uh, Scott Robinson that, that he took off, um, and he put me on. Just completely changed it. I don't know if we've just got to a point where we're still nil-nil, and I think the big man's just thought, "Let's just have a go." Like, is there a wee thing that you think I'm going to get on in here, or nah? A million percent. Did you? A million percent, right? And again, I've, this is semi-exclusive, right? Um, sat on the bench because Jamie Hamill had done his knee and he was a penalty taker. Right. So I'm sat on the bench and I said to David Templeton, Me temp, sort of said, temp, see if we get a penalty here. Who's going to take it? He turned around and he went, Man, I don't know, he's like Blackie maybe or like Rudy. Rudy maybe take it if we're winning. He went, how? I says, because I think we're going to get a penalty late on. I says, and I'm going to stick it down the middle. He's like, ah, what? I said, I'm telling you now. I said, look at the size of Foster. If he starts to dive, mate, it's... Timber, he's not coming back. Like, I'm, we've got a penalty on. I'm going to stick it in the middle. Then the manager made the change, put me on at half time. So, see when the penalty gets given, are you grabbing the ball straight, straight to the ball, mate? But does Scatcher want it as well? No, never showed any interest. The only person that did was Zaliukas. I thought he was going to try and pull rank with a, you know, cat. Aye, aye. He came over to me and I had the ball under my arm. Did you give him the old forearm? Yeah, he got one. <laughs> I literally <laughs> put my arm out and I went, do not fucking speak to me. Right? I just put my arm out and I brushed him away. And that was like, he went, right, okay. I think he realised then he wasn't getting it, so. So see, the um, run-up, you must have been there, but you know, you say you didn't get nervous, you must have been. I swear to God, the calmest man in the stadium. Celtic fans think they're going out, the Hearts fans are terrified because of Hibs are already in the final for the Saturday and they're, what if he misses, what if he misses, what if he scores? I was kept the coolest man in the stadium because I knew what I was doing with it. Yeah. I wasn't going to change my mind. I knew exactly what I was doing with it. It was just a case of, the only thing I had to do was lift it and execute it properly. So that was the only thing I was thinking about. Not a bit of nerves. I'm, you watch it back, I'm actually standing laughing with Charlie Mulgrew. Big peas in Bali trying to put me off. Eh? He's over he I can't remember what he said now. He's like, I think he said, you're not going to like, used to play for us now, you're not going to score, and blah, blah, blah. And <laughs> I was like, probably, so I'll probably miss it even if I try to score Charlie now. Yeah. So I just laughed it off and we were just laughing and joking. But the big man done his best to put me off. Yeah, and we ended up just laughed about it. But simply. The one question I wanted to ask you if you knew you were going to score the winner and you knew that he was going to be it, why did you not hear 12 minutes in bed? <laughs> <laughs> the palest man in Hamden took his comfort. <laughs> what? Did you, did you have 
So you said that you obviously envisaged all this. Did you, did you know what your celebration was going to be, or did that was that just instinct? When um, when you get in the, the dressing room, we were in. You shoot a particular way unless you change the first way. So I knew when we came out in the start, we shoot in the early second half. If I score, we go that way. That's where they bring the tractors in, right? So there's a break in advertising at, at that point at this side of the kind of main stand side. So I knew kind of over on that side. In terms of the celebration, it was completely spontaneous, honestly. Um, I kind of wheeled off to the side. First thing, last minute, the shirt comes off. Then the kind of daft run with the high knees. I had done it before. I'd done it in Middlesbrough. I'd done it in the, the Edinburgh Derby at Tynecastle when I scored. And I just literally, that's me on the track now. And I thought, fuck it, may as well just go right around the track here. Um, so I just took off like a maniac. And, you know, every, every time I go out, whether it be Edinburgh, Glasgow, wherever I go, it gets mentioned, it gets brought up, like, only, what, 10 years later now? And that's what I was going to say. Were you surprised at the, the backlash oh. that came with it? I, the, the backlash has been... Um, different in terms of I went into the heart shop after it and the place was like a shrine like it was let's, I've got cups in the house my, my, my wee granny had mugs in the house which I've now let's got the, let's all do the beaty um, so mugs jumpers pencil cases for the wains going back to school like it was all over the club shop it was like a shrine they must have made a fortune off it wow um, do you get any royalties off it then? No, I spoke to him about it and I know. <laughs> did you? I'm oh, fucking right, I did, aye. <laughs> aye. Right, I did. But what I did, and then I spoke to one of my mates and I said, well, get t shirts printed up, we'll go and sell them at the ground, I'll give you blah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> aye, we'll make a few quid. Well, I'll be on the opposite end. I, like, spoke, I spoke to Hearts about that. And within your contract, once you sign the contract, there's a bit in it about image rights. So yeah, I, spo I spoke to, like you mentioned, Claire Cowan. So I spoke uh -huh. to Claire about it and she's like, listen, if you do it, we'll sue you. Oh, really? Aye, aye. <laughs> so if you do, you if you do this t-shirts yourself at Hamden, we'll find out. Blah blah blah. We'll, we'll sue the company that does it. So, brilliant. Uh, right, on to the cup final. How good a day was it? Go and let me go back to the, the celebration. Yeah, go for it. Because I get quite a bit of hassle over this, right? And it was absolutely nothing to do with the fact that it was against Celtic. And I'm surprised because you've not asked me about the kind of financial side of things at Hearts, because obviously that was at the same time. Time, yeah. And um, you know, we, we were in there and. There was lads had literally no money, you know. And I know Blackie's discussed it, or Lockie's explained how hard it was. Um, and I, I've come up there and I had been fortunate, I was in a slightly different position where I had kind of my, I had my wages for the year from Swansea. I'd been paid up, so I've gone in there to Hearts. And these lads are, there's five of them for the other side of Glasgow, driving to Edinburgh and a Renault Clio. They're all jumping in with each other because they can't afford the fuel to get to training. You know, these are only young boys who've got absolutely no money. Yeah. Used to play two touch. Used to like first game, whoever loses you at a Mars bar, a wee bottle like you said, maybe a wee donut. So you come in every day and after training you have a wee snack for whoever made an ass of the game the day before. We had to stop, we had to play for ear flicks because the, boy, the boys couldn't afford to go and buy four Mars bars. Mm. Right, it was, it was that so bad. So you also thinking we're getting that penalty at the final that you were helping the club Aye. out? Uh -huh. So the, the bonuses, the bonuses at this point through a bit of intervention for the PFA, they'd said like the, the money for the Scottish Cup will come via us. So then they could then distribute it to the players, so it wouldn't right. go directly to the club. So we knew that obviously there was a decent bonus there for getting through to the final, and then if we won the final, there was another bonus there. So you're talking about masses of pressure in terms of. I didn't feel it, but it probably came out after the after the actual goal because there was lads there who were probably in debt and probably getting themselves into bother and borrow money for people that they shouldn't have been yeah. because the club had had basically done them over. Um, right, enough about Blackie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know Hibs had got to the final on the on the Saturday so that put a wee bit of pressure on us as well um, how was that dressing room after the game after knowing that you had got to the final to play Hibs ah brilliant absolutely brilliant um, again just 
brilliant bunch of boys. Listen, you know what it's like. Most changing rooms are really, really good lads and uh, under a lot of pressure and, and that was that was a big relief for, for everybody. Right, the final. What a scoreline, eh? Aye. Did you, um, how big a part did you play in it? As in the build-up you'd played in finals and stuff like that? No too big a part. Um, again, really, really struggling with, with kind of fitness in the lead-up to it. I think I came on for maybe 20, 25 minutes and ended up playing deeper than Ian Black. Like, oh, yeah. I, I was playing like a holding midfield player because I couldn't run. Um, and Were you just desperate to get on the pitch though? Aye, but kind of after I came on I realised that I wasn't Healthy. as fit as what right. I should have been. And I probably, I'm glad that the kind of scoreline was what it was because I think I'd have been struggling had it been kind of nil-nil or we were chasing the game a wee bit. Um, but the, so the, the final, the final was great. But from a selfish point of view, my final was the was the semi final. Right. Do you know what I mean? It was like the kind of work was done in the semi final with with the assist for Rudy and the and the, the penalty in the last minute. How important is it when you're at, as you say, a big club like that you win something with them? Does that make it? Like, um, that you're more a Hearts fan or do you know what I mean aye, do you feel more affiliation with the club aye, because you've won something like 100% aye and you know you get asked back all the time and when you go back there I, I played nine games there like nine games and three goals and I go back onto the pitch at Tynecastle to do a draw and the full stadium sings right. my name uh-huh. no I remember talking to him, oh, so how long were you at Hearts two years I said mate I played nine games like you know two Edinburgh Derby wins Scottish Cup final beat Rangers beat Celtic it, was, it couldn't have worked out but any no, better for me in nine games I um, go through there the, the fans absolutely love me everyone that comes on at Hearts who have won a trophy talk about the, the celebration afterwards going down through Edinburgh on the bus right, how good well, a day is it after, after the game um, after, after the game we went back to Tynecastle and we, we had a function on in the Gorgie Suite and I remember being totally chilled out I had two bottles of beer that night. Um, See, I was buzzing off your other stories. That aye. I, this one. Only I, two bottles, I right? had two bottles of beer. I think I'd done my coat on Malta. <laughs> <laughs> um, two bottles of beer. And I don't know what it was. I don't know whether it was age or the family was all in. All the boys are there. The boys are all buzzing. And, and there was just something inside me. And I just took masses of pleasure out of watching the lads enjoy themselves. And I don't want to sound like a twat, right? That was my 10th winner's medal. So seven with Celtic, you know, I had English Championship, playoff final, that was my 10th. And it was like, I'd kind of been there and done it. But see, having had the impact in the semi-final that I did do, I gave the boys a platform to win a medal. And some of them, some of them have won a couple of bits and pieces, but some of them will never ever play in a cup final again and had never done before. Yeah. But to give them that platform to go and do that, there was a wee bit of kind of self-satisfaction in that literally had two bottles of beer and I just sat back and I just enjoyed everything that was going on all the young lads getting involved and Stephen Elliott dancing with everybody's ma and like Ryan McGowan jumping about like a maniac it was brilliant it was absolutely brilliant but I, and rather than getting drunk jumping being one jumping about I, had, I get more satisfaction out of watching everybody enjoy themselves so who would you sat with like Gary Locke or something I was, I was, I, just the usual you, you know you do the rounds you have a wee chat about the game yeah. and you know how it had panned out and whatever talking to Locke sitting with the other senior lads sitting with my dad my family my dad says you alright like we're alright, we'll get a drink now. I don't know. I'm absolutely aye, I'm cool. But what yeah. about the bus the next day though? Amazing. Aye, open top bus was brilliant. Brilliant, man. There was fans every hundreds of thousands of people lying in the street all, you know, trying to get a picture or it was absolutely bedlam. Um, you know, you've got guys running along the roofs of shops and huddling like flat houses, like trying to just to try and get a better vantage yeah, point yeah, to, yeah. to get a picture of the boys. It was it was amazing, aye. Great days, eh? Uh, would you stay the hearts? I would have, I. Why I, did you I, know? I, I, there was no, I had no option to stay. Um, literally, they had, they had no money. I mean, I'd already gone, had to go and speak to the kind of club lawyers and 
know, like there, there was questions raised as to why Hearts were able to sign me. You know, how can a club in this much financial trouble bring a former international into their, into their squad and, and pay them type thing? So I ended up had to go and you know, speak to the club and there was lawyers involved in all that and they had to justify you know, from a business point of view and, and from a playing point of view why they'd done what they'd done. Obviously, we getting rid of John Sutton's money because he went on loan to Australia yeah, and I bringing me on on less money. Yeah. So they're saying, well, we've kept our football up, but we've also saved money, so it's good business. So it was there, there was no option to stay. You've done hearts all right, Tom. Right, other moves. Desperate to hear about this because I've heard a few stories about Elijah Scrubo. <laughs> Edgar Davids at Burnett. Talk us through. Were you there when he says to somebody why the fullback had the ball and he's clipped it down the line and he's playing centre? Ricky Holmes, remember Ricky Holmes? Right. He oh, told yeah. me. And he stops the session, he's like, to Barry Fuller, it is the fullback. Right. What are you doing? And Barry Fuller was like, what, I've clipped the ball at a striker's feet like he's we're nearly on go. And he went, Pass it to me, I'm fucking Edgar Davidge. <laughs> is this fucking kindergarten? That's what he's saying. Is that what he's like? Mate, honestly, it does not surprise me. I don't think I was there because, I, I mean, I don't remember it. I remember the lads, but an absolute helmet. <laughs> honestly, yeah, he's an absolute prick. Right? He? Aye, he's a, he's a, honestly. Well, what's the main example? Like, how soon did you know he was a prick? I knew he was a prick in 2005 when, or 2004 when Celtic played against him at Parkhead. Right? Were you playing with? No, I was doing the kit with Clarkey. Right. So all these Juventus are coming, didn't they? I think we, we beat them 3-2, didn't we? Yeah. Juventus are coming, I've got stuff to get signed. Don't even know who, it wasn't for me. I don't even know who it was for. And I'm thinking, right, what do I do here? Like, all these boys are coming in, you get Del Piero and all these top, top players, maybe Trezeguet or whatever. These are coming in, I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave them before the game, they'll be focusing the game, they'll be concentrating, I'm going to leave them till after the match. Right, so that's what I've done. I need to make sure I'm there after the game to get the stuff signed. So after it, we, uh, I'm waiting outside the changing room and um, boys came out, you sign that, no problem, can you sign that, no problem. Uh, excuse me, Edgar, can you, can you sign that, please? Ah, fuck it, fuck it, ah, fuck it. He's waving his hands and he's shouting at me and whatever in Dutch, he's blah, blah, blah. He was fucking horrible, right? Uh -huh. Horrible. Del Piero came out, he had a broken arm, right? So I've kind of looked at him and went, any chance, oh, I, any chance Alessandro? <laughs> I just gave him a wee kind of sympathetic look. And he's like, he was away, he kind of adjusted the bag, leaned against the wall, and he's like, Can I sign it for me? And I broke my eye, brilliant. Like, didn't have to, but he was absolutely brilliant. And David's absolutely tossed me off. And I remember thinking that night, you little twat. So, what did you think when he wanted to sign you? Then? Right? So, the deal's already done through uh, my agent and stuff like that. So, whether he wanted to sign me or no, again, I, I don't really care, right? So, because in there, and I'm sitting in the changing room one day and it's just us and I went, ah, oh, you, you played at Celtic and that and aye, aye, aye. What, you pulled him for it? Fucking right I did. Love that. Aye. And I says, I'll tell you why, I says, you were an absolute prick to me. And he's like, ah, what? And I says, well, and I explained what had happened and blah, blah, blah. And, and he said, and when did you ask me? Like, when, when, when? And I said, after the match. We lose 3-2 and you asked me to sign, ah, oh, fucking fuck. It went mental again. <laughs> this is like 14, 15 years later. Aye? Rather than saying, ah, oh, sorry, I should, I was upset, blah, blah, blah. Ah, yeah. oh, fucking, why would you do that? Are you stupid? Fuck it. It went mental. I'm like fucking 32 year old. And I'm like, okay. I love that you pulled you, up. That's I, tremendous. Honestly. What was it about the Nando's card as well? Uh, well, did, did you know what, what shirt number he wore? One. One number one. Who hey, was Stacky on the goalie? Stacky was a goalie. What did Stacky say about that? What are you going to say? He was number one, he was the captain, <laughs> he was the captain, he was the manager, he was the head coach, right? You had to call him Sir, Sir. or Mister, right? Oh, Couldn't you call him no. Edgar, or Eddie, or Davo, right? You had to call him Sir, or Mister. On the pitch? On the, anytime you addressed him, you had to call him Sir. 
Like, fuck off, man. Who do you think you are? <laughs> Stoughton in and he's big Bentley giving it the... Listen, he was a top, top player, but like one of the best players that midfielders ever played the game, but... Was he good at Barnett or was he hopeless? No wonder they were going to smash him in that Euros when they had to walk out. Oh, okay. Was he good in, for Barnett on the pitch or was he hopeless? Had he gone? He was, he, gone? he was hopeless in terms of... He was, he was good for Barnett in terms of if he passed the ball to somebody, it looked lucky. Right. Like, yeah. running about with the goggles on and... <laughs> I remember we played at Accrington Stanley one day, the centre-half had an absolute nuke, right? So he's shouting over in Dutch to his assistant, blah, 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 he's, he's took, um, he's took his centre-half off and he's put a centre-mid on. So he shouted on to get somebody ready who was a centre-mid. Right. We're going, he's a midfielder, what's he doing? So he put the kid on centre-mid and Davids went centre-half, <laughs> right? So he came in after the game and he's like, see, do this, do that, it's not fucking difficult. So he went in the centre-half to prove a point to this big it's guy big that, hey, that this, it's actually easy, I could play there. Oh, and he went in there and oh, just, I love that. See, see if you dollied the ball, see if you passed the ball to him and it wasn't hard enough. He used to run to the ball and smash it at you. <laughs> what is this? Like, you had, you had to like fire the ball and oh, high. Anything no, too soft, he would try and hit you, but it's horrible. What a man. Right, you eventually joined Rangers, but it was Z-Bug Rangers, <laughs> not a, I know the wee guy, uh, Carlo Monte, absolute character. <laughs> wow, what a time we had out there. That was a great few weeks. Who was it, Jimmy, uh, that, Jimmy Lindsay that got you? No, 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 no. It, was, um, it, was a, it was an agent that worked up here. So he kind of got in touch with my agent down south. The deal was organised with the club. Everything was agreed. By the way, I met Carlo on the weekend. We were talking about this on Saturday before before the game. And uh, <clears throat> so goes out to Malta thinking, what's the script to the wee man? So ends up, jumps in with him, stays with him. What are we doing in the morning? We're going to the beach. All right, we train at night. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, so alarm set for nine o'clock. Me and the wee man up, had some breakfast. Ten o'clock, down the beach. Right, so you get a taxi down to the beach. You're off the rocks, like we've got we've got pals out there, right? A couple of pals that he knew, so we're out there, <laughs> right? So we're up there, we get the speedos on, we're off the rocks, we're diving in, we're in the Mediterranean, we're doing backflips. It's then another diving uh, as well, right? Ridiculous, mate, right? So we're doing that to five o'clock at night. So if we ten in the morning, you five at night, we're going up there, we're sitting in a cafe, absolute tens walking by everywhere, like the standard of women out there is unbelievable, right. and, and I'm. I am being a creep, right? But just I'm talking about, <laughs> right? Just, just beautiful uh, everywhere you, you look. Do you get that in Middlesbrough now? Ah, it used to be like it's not that anymore. It's turned into a wee scheme now. Could you? Feel me on North Face and that now. <laughs> would you? Would you have a few beers in that now? Uh, no during the day. No, no, no before training. training at night, like. No before, no before training. I um, definitely would have been. So it was, it was uh, ten in the morning, five at night. We taxi up to the apartment. We get changed for training. Six at night. We go to training, and then one of the like, directors would then take us out for dinner at night. So it'd be a nice kind of slap up meal at what night. What life, eh? It was brilliant. So we'd done it for like maybe kind of two weeks like that was the kind of thing and then um, kind of took a wee, a wee turn for the worst. Um, on a Tuesday night, the club, like, they get all the families together. So we have a big hog roast and I'm talking about like a full-on pig grate on the right. rotisserie, like head and tail, like, the whole lot. Um, and it's just like loads of free beer and all the club get together. So me and the wee man have got absolutely sparkled, right? Like, obviously, we, we were the couple that we were the couple that were there, and everybody else had their wife and their family and their kids, and we were just like the two Scottish guys. So we tanked up at the event, goes out after it. Oh, see, for the next two days, I couldn't control the ball. Oh, uh, I just I couldn't trap the football. Like, were you so, still on trial at this point? Oh, you were on trial. I was on trial. Eh? <laughs> I was on trial. So we goes out, and I was like, I couldn't trap the ball. Right. So the coach pulled me, and he's like. I've been watching you trying to play football. Like, I don't know if I can. I, this is the this is the last in my budget. Like, I don't know if I can give you. Like, have you seen the state? Of you? <laughs> oh, so no. Like, oh no! So you never got a deal. Well, what, what they ended up doing was like the coaches said to me, like, because it was meant to be like a year's contract, 
And he says, right, I want you to sign for 28 days and I'll release you within the window if I'm not happy. He says, because I'm not prepared to lay out my budget for the year based on what I've seen for the last two days. And I was like, come on, Gaffer, I've been no well. <laughs> Absolutely hung over on that chisk. And uh, so I'd signed for the 28 days. Um, we goes to the first game and we were playing Burka Cara, who are probably the best, the best team in Malta. We're getting beat 4 nothing, And... Um, the score was probably meant to be for nothing as well. Um, so he goes out there <laughs> and uh, 15 minutes to go, he puts me on. Right? So we get beat for nothing. We're playing the best team in the country. We had just been promoted. So the Bush Rangers won the, 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 the second division up into the, the main division. So he puts me on, had a run about, nothing really happened. 15 minutes, they see the game out. They made the pitch big, never get a kick of the ball. So a couple of days later, I speak to him in training. I says, we get a game on Saturday. I says, I hope I'm going to play. No. She's like, I didn't like what I seen on, on Saturday there. And I was like, don't like what you seen? Put me on for 15 minutes. Like, well, we're ready to get beat 4 nothing again. What, what were you expecting here? Like, I think you thought you signed fucking Ronaldo. Like, <laughs> and that so was I, ended up, up. I went, oh, mate, I've had enough of this. I was like, I'm going to the FA just now and I'm going to, like, release my papers and stuff like that. But they had changed the terms of my contract. So we've gone for the year deal and I've gone for that to sitting in the room with the manager, the chairman, and the investors, <laughs> the, guy, the guys who are putting the money in the club, right? So I sat there with the, the bling on and the Rolex or the, the flip flops and whatever. And like, yeah, you're not getting this deal anymore. And I'm like, okay, like, this is your new deal. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not signing that, mate. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care what you look like. I'm not signing that, right? So I kind of took my life in my hands a wee bit. Like, and uh, I was like, no, nah, mate, I'm, forget that type thing. So I ended up, the negotiation was like the 28 days and I literally drove to the Maltese FA and I was just like, listen, I need, to go, and I, I need to go back home. And then you went to India? I'd been out in India. I'd seen your Snapchat. There were no cows on the road or what? Mate, frightening, Everywhere. honestly. Um, went to Goa, a team called Salgoka. Right, so I'd negotiated really good money. Um, all I had to do was go out there, can I show that I was fit, all that sort of stuff. I hadn't long had any operation from when I was at Dundee, but I had never missed a day's training or game before or after with my knee, so my knee was absolutely fine. So he goes out there, I think it must have been like September or something, August, September. Um, so he goes out there, we're kind of, I'm scheduled for two weeks out in India. Um, obviously you go out there, do a bit of training, get the deal done, and then you come home before the, the season kind of starts, so no problem. So he goes out there, it's monsoon season, right? So. Pitches are rained off, can't do nothing, no training at all. And uh, I'm stuck in a hotel for a couple of days. So I thought, I'm going to go out. The only shop that you would recognise in the kind of UK streets was a, a Baskin-Robbins ice cream shop. Okay. So I'm over there, rats on the floor. I'm, I'm dodging the rats on the way down to, to the ice cream shop, right? Your cows sitting in the middle of the road and for like over in India, the, the cow's a sacred animal. So see if they come into your house, you just leave it. <laughs> like you don't there, there's no oh I've had a few cows right. in my house <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't touch them you just leave them so they're sitting you, you'd be sitting in a traffic jam for five hours because there's two cows sitting in the road no way uh, I swear to god like David Robertson can you, we've had David Robertson and he told us that right so goes out there eventually we get an odd to go and train and um, the, the, the manager was a guy called Derek Pereira right so it's kind of Portuguese name up you know like Goa and Vasco de Gama it's all Portuguese explorer that's how that's kind of westernised right. in that part of India um, so Derek Pereira, he was the youngest ever player to play for India at 17, right? So he, he wasn't a clown, like he, he, knows, he knows his yeah, stuff, like, like, kind of knows his stuff. So we goes up there with trains and I had a wee feeling he was going to put me in the same team as their kind of star man. So their main man was a guy called De Pierre for the Ivory Coast. 
And Daryl Duffy had been telling me about him, saying he's quality, like, like big number 10. Plays in the hole, but he's like six foot two, like... That's type of... quality, mate. And I thought, right, okay. I was unbelievable, right? I trained like you wouldn't believe. Every right. time no, I made I a run... I didn't believe it, huh? Mate, every time, <laughs> every time I trained, every time I made a run, the big man found me and I stuck it in the net, right? right. So we'd done my running session, we'd done possession, then we played a game and I was absolutely ridiculous. And you, listen, you know what it's like, you, walk, you know when you've had a good game or a good session or yeah. whatever, right? You walk off and you're like, I absolutely bossed that there, right? So it gets back in the car. Uh, no, finished training and the big boy, the Pierre, comes over and he says, have, have you signed? Have you signed? And I'm well, not yet, I have to speak to the manager. And he said, please sign, I want you to sign, please sign. Because he was buzzing every time I made a run, he put it on and scored a goal. Like, it looked like we were going to be on fire together. And um, gets in the car, my dad phones, how did it go? I'm like, big man, if this is not done tonight, like, there's, there's something wrong with him. Like, I said, I was unbelievable today. And he's like, ah, right, okay, good, good, good. So he goes back to the hotel, two hours later, the phone goes, Indian agent, Mr. Craig, I have to come to your room. <laughs> Mr. Oh. Craig, you're not warning since I went, oh, no, what's going on here? He says, I come to your room in 10 minutes. So he comes up to the room and what was he, wearing? he walks in. <laughs> Before or after? <laughs> right, so. He comes up there and, uh, I'm sorry, the coach says no deal. I'm like, what? The deal's already there, like, what are you talking? No, he says, like, no, can I finish? No deal, like, nothing, uh, there's nothing doing. And I'm going, mate, you're having a laugh, like, I've just went up there and absolutely told that defence a new one, like, I was ridiculous today. And he's like, yeah, I know, I know, I don't understand why, I watched the training and I'm smiling and I think, no problem. He says, no deal. And I said, well, speak to him and tell him that. I've only trained once. I don't go home for another 10 days. He said, so I'll just come and train and get fit and blah, blah, blah. But what I'm doing is, there's not a lot of pitches in India, so there was another two teams in the stand watching us training. One of them was called Denpo. So I'm thinking, they must have been watching that going, he's fucking ridiculous, right? <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm, I'm going, well, tell him I'll just keep training, hoping that I can then got catch on the back of another yeah, team. Yeah. And uh, he's like, no, he says no training, right? They, <laughs> they sent me home on a flight. They paid an extra thousand pound to get me on a flight home early. What, what you, was that? Well, what happened was I'd done a bit of research, right? And I get in touch with an agent out there, not the agent that I used. Right. It's a different agent through another player. And I phoned this guy up, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to say the boy's name because I want to fling him under the bus, right? right? And I says, right, you better go and find out off your man what's happening. And um, in a kind of roundabout way, what basically happened was that while I was training, he was watching this, going, "This guy's unbelievable. What's the catch?" Right? right? And he went on and started Googling fans' forums. Right? What? Fans' forums. So he's gone to like, like St. Johnson, where I'd only played a handful of games, probably Barnet, where I'd only played a handful of games, and the fans are having a go online. These, these kids that can't control the ball having a go online, and the manager pulled the plug, paid a thousand pounds to get me on a flight, and sent me back to the forums. UK. Aye. But then went to the press and said it was my fitness. He blamed my fitness. Made you look bad. Still got the email on my phone. I sent him a, an email about seven pages long. It's slaughtered I absolutely slaughtered them. I. If I went on fans' forums, I wouldn't have got any teams. Right. Uh, <laughs> how many? How many medals? Twelve. Eleven. Right. That's not the highlight of your career. You played with Paul Slaney here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> how was he? He's, he's tremendous, isn't he? Ah, uh, he's, he's I absolutely love the guy. Honestly, um, <laughs> funny as anything, heart of gold. Like do anything for you, just. 
He's mental. He's mental. <laughs> How, right, first of all, at air at the time, did I just say he was good because to make him feel better? At air at the time, was he a good player? Top player. Was he? Very, very, very good ability. Good, love that. Very good ability. So much so, we then, when I went to Stirling, tried to take him to Stirling with us as well. Um, I think he was kind of toiling his knee a wee bit and not quite sure like where his head was at, if he was wanting to get fit. Or, you know, I think he kind of lost a bit of love for the game or whatever. Um, so myself and, and John Paul McGovern, we, we had tried to kind of get him on track and, and keep him with us. Um, but it just it, it wasn't to be for him. He's untamable, mate. Ab- you can't abil- tame him. Ability-wise, he was absolutely frightening. Was he? Honestly. Like, Probably. just like a kind of dynamic midfielder would get on the James balls. James Milner um, He hates that. <laughs> 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 Big Charlie Mulgrew compared to James Milner. He says, I wouldn't pay five pence to watch James Milner. <laughs> I like dynamic, like get the ball, drive you, like an old fashioned player, like proper get the ball and commit you and go at you and take yeah. you on. And not a lot of midfielders do that nowadays. Um, he was good. Um, he was good in the dressing room, huh? Highlight was a Christmas party in Newcastle. Uh, he's kind of half told that was that when he got the old oh, man's haircut. Mate, honestly, well, on the, the Sunday afternoon, we're going up to the gate in Newcastle. And how we got him through the Saturday night, I don't know, right? But he's still alive on the Sunday morning. And he's like, ah, you need to watch me. My mum's my mum's greeting. She's worried about me and all that. You need to before my mum and tell her I'm all right. And so we're walking up to the gate. And Slaney sees these steps, like old-fashioned steps, like the kind of cylinder, where you climb up the inside of the ladders. Right. So he's climbed up the side of this building and jumped over onto the roof. He's only jumped onto the roof of your police station. <laughs> right? So me and Jai are like, Slaney. Please come down, right? Can he come down? Like, please. Please, then, man. Oh, honestly. So he's like, he's dancing. He's like, oh, come on, boys. Ah, let's have it and all that. Like, oh, absolutely mental. What dancing out in the roof of the, the police station. Then he goes into the gate and he's like, ah, my hair's shite. Like, I'm going to get a haircut. He's like, it's, like, it's Sunday afternoon. It's like four o'clock, mate. Like, we're getting home tomorrow. He's like, no, 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 no. Just walks out. So we hairdressers. He's like, ah, to the boy. I cut my hair. Like, did anyone go bum or did you just no, go? No, he's myself. He's like, this, this is what I want you to do. And like, the boy's like, no, like, what? like you're drunk, mate. Like, no, I'm no, like, no, a wee bit intimidated uh-huh. by it. Like, no, no, no. He's like, no, but just uh, take a wee. So see, like, reverse my hiking. Uh-huh. So I mean, hiking, you're kind of balled around the sides with a strip at the uh, long bit in the middle. Uh-huh. Where he grabbed the couplers and started it. And he's like, that's what I want you to do. So he literally just shaved a bit at the top of his head. He came back looking like a science teacher. Right, with hair all on the side of his head and a big stripe at the middle. What did the place are up to when yeah, he came honestly, in? Honestly, uh, he's just something else, man. Oh, well, man. Uh, right, Beats. Uh, some career. How do you look back on it all now? Um, proud? Aye. Um, proud. Had a, a lot of success. Probably when you're a young lad, you dream about playing for and scoring for your country. Um, managed to do that. You know, played with some of the, the best played against some of the best players in the world. Um, you know, at a kind of good level, could it have been better? Aye, it could have, um, given, you know, more experience in, in certain situations, maybe better decisions at times, then it could have been better. But, you know, it could also have been a lot worse. Um, so proud of what I achieved and, you know, I just hope I can inspire my, my kids to go on and, you know, achieve something as well. I loved how you absolutely stared at me when you said it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, looking to get back into the game, coaching? Yes, absolutely, yeah. Good. Um, no, I was assistant manager at Edinburgh for a while there. Um, the opportunity was to stay there, but I was, uh, was wanting to keep him playing. So I went to Kinelgan kind of last year. But you know, away from the game now, uh, from the, the, the kind of senior game, and looking for a wee opportunity to get in kind of coaching and management. Um, I had a wee look at the Alwa job there. Um, obviously, 
Mr Grant got it and you know, somebody coming on with that experience is a no-brainer, a great appointment for Alwa. Um, so I'm certainly... So is it a manager you'd want to do it? I, I, listen, I like the coaching as well. I, I do enjoy the coaching. Um, I'd like to be kind of manager, head coach and or a combination of both. Um, right. You know, I've worked with so many good managers and, and some poor managers as well, so I'd like to think that I've, I've took a good balance that, that I could then go and, you know, kind of mould myself into something in the middle. Can't wait to see you, mate. Thanks very much, Pete. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.